This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? I hope you had an awesome weekend. It is time to get back at it for a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Le Canadien de Montréal in town tonight. Jets have 6.30 start down at Canada Life Centre as the Jets keep on rolling after a convincing beatdown of the Colorado Avalanche in a battle for first place Saturday night at Canada Life Centre. Um, we've got a lot to get to today, focusing on the Winnipeg Jets. Mike McIntyre will join us a little later on. And anytime the Jets are playing the halves, we figure it's a great time to catch up with our pal Mo Khan in Montreal. I'm sure Mo will want to talk a little football as well, but uh, we'll see how things are going on around the Belle Provence and uh, focus in on tonight's tilt coming up with the Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. Um, what can you say about that game on Saturday night? Uh, a, a great 60-minute performance where the Jets were in control pretty much the entire game. And in a lot of ways, it might have been the signature Kevin Shevel day off game. Um, players acquired by Chevy since last year's trade deadline accounted for the first five goals in the game before Nikolai Ehlers scored into an empty net with two minutes left in the game. Gabriel Velarde... Opened it up. Vlad Nemetsnikov made it 2-0 in the first period. Alex Ayafalo breaking his goal-scoring slump in the second. And then Velarde and Nino Niederreiter in the third period. Um, and yeah, for all the people that said that this is basically the same team, it's not. And, you know, with Velarde, Niederreiter, Nemetsnikov, and Ayafalo all coming in at either trade deadline deals or in the Dubois deal in the offseason, uh, I imagine there was a pretty happy general manager of the Winnipeg Jets watching that game from his perch up in the uh, Canada Life Center last night. Uh, we'll get to a little bit of fallout from the game on Saturday and uh, hear from Gabriel Velarde, the Macarena man, who uh, got a chance to hear his goal song, as did fans for the first couple times on home ice this year. Um, so we'll have that for you coming up in a little bit. And then as we've been doing on Mondays, and we'll continue to do, um, Connor Rabchak, who I did do a morning tee up from the morning skate today with Connor down at the rink today. Uh, you can check that on our socials, um, but obviously we'll be getting the most of that information over the next couple hours. Connor's going to jump on, talk a little Jets, and we'll recap a busy weekend in the National Football League. Uh, but before we do that, let's get Remus in here. And I do want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Jets, Nick and Nikki DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh, uh, Vita Health Fresh Market, Sport Manitoba, and Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man Barber Shop, and we will get to a why not question the day as well for our friends at Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGillivray. Michael Remus, how was the weekend? Hey, it was great. It was, uh, feeling a lot like the holiday season here. Jets on a roll. Uh, the weather today, uh, I had to ask my speaker what the weather was, and they said, like, minus 17. I uh, almost fell out of my chair. But, hey, uh, the Jets are in first place. Uh, people are coming out uh, coming out here and tuning in to see what we got to say. So, uh, great time. And, oh, yeah, the uh, 
NFL is getting down uh, you know towards the playoffs and the MVP race is uh, is heating up. So there is a lot a lot going on us. So feeling good here on a uh, on a Monday in the festive season. Yeah, I was with a bunch of Viking fans at the game on Saturday. Uh, and they needed that one for the Jets because that was a really, really tough way for the Vikes to lose in overtime to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, yesterday, um, I mean, there wasn't the early slate. There were some exciting games. I mean, if anyone actually watched the Titans and Texans, that one did go to overtime. A thrilling end in the Cleveland Bears game, which included a ridiculous drop on a Hail Mary that would have won the game for the Chicago Bears, um, but a complete no-show by the Cowboys in, I think, what was oh. the most anticipated game of the week. Um, we didn't have a lot to, lot to um, you know, really get into in the late slate. Um, and Jacksonville, what can you say about Jacksonville? They, uh, that game should have been way closer than it was, but when you miss your kicks and you have bad turnovers... Um, the, uh, that's uh, the way it's going to go. But we'll touch on that a little bit later on when Connor joins us in the last half hour of the program. Um, Remo, did I just see uh, some breaking news come across the, uh, yeah. across the ticker? Some, yeah, not Jets or Winnipeg sports related, but it is NHL news. And the Senators tweeting out uh, just a minute ago, uh, DJ Smith relieved of his coaching duties. Jacques Martin has been named interim head coach. No way! Daniel Alfredson joins the team team's coaching staff as an assistant coach. A couple of legends there. This is amazing. On the bench. And they didn't they just bring in uh, Jacques Martin like a week ago as like a special uh, role? Uh, crazy. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, moving on from DJ Smith since I think the season began or since they got the new ownership. I mean, they can't keep the puck out of their net. They don't have much of a defensive structure for a team that was supposed to take a step forward this year. Uh, fascinating uh, what's happening in Ottawa. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I guess when they hired, <laughs> when they brought um, Jacques Martin back, they called him as a consultant that was going to work with the coaching staff. Yeah. They may as well have just called him future interim head coach. <laughs> Was that a week ago that they brought him in? It, it, no more than two weeks, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't last week, but I think it was the week before. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Then what did Mark Mark A in chat says, what is this, 99? Well, Alfredson's on, behind the bench, not uh, not playing, but does bring back some uh, memories of the old centers. But, yeah, they're, they're last in their division, 11-15, their goal differential, minus one. Not terrible, but they're on a four-game losing streak. And the goals, I think, just keep piling up against them. And they have so many talented players. You thought they were going to take a step towards the playoffs. Uh, it didn't work out so far. And maybe a coaching change can spark them like it sparked Edmonton and even Minnesota a bit. Uh, St. Louis now on a two-game losing streak. Or, sorry, winning streak. My bad. Can't read. Yeah. Jordan Cairo's back in the good graces of yeah. uh, everybody in St. Louis. I knew that would be short-lived. Okay. Um, but just quickly, as far as Ottawa goes, I mean, you mentioned they're eight, they're eleven and fifteen. They have no loser points this year, so they they haven't. They've just been playing basically games in regulation. Um, now it it looks really bad. I mean, they're seven points back of Buffalo, 
But then you look at the games played number, and they've only played 26 hockey games. Buffalo plays th- has played 32. Tampa's played 32. The problem for Ottawa is, is they'd have to win every one of those six games in hand just to get to up where Tampa is and where the Detroit Red Wings are right now. So, I mean, they do have games in hand, which is a positive, but they're not winning enough of those games. And um, they're on a, what, four-game losing streak right now. They got rocked last night in Vegas, 6-3. They lost to Dallas, 5-4, and blew a third-period lead on the weekend. They had just lost 4-2 to the, uh, the Blues. And the Hurricanes finally got a win on that road trip through Canada, and that win was in Ottawa. So with four in a row at this point, um, I, I think they felt that they had to make a move. So it is back to the future in some ways. And I got to tell you, I love the fact that Daniel Alfredson is part of that group. And, you know, who knows whether that will be the long-term vision for the new ownership. And, um, I mean, because they really, they don't have a GM either. Like Steve Stales is sort of acting in that role right now. Maybe he does get the nod and that is actually his job going forward. But I think they'll probably look to hire somebody. Um, but for the time being, and I would think that is, I mean, unless something really significant changes, Ottawa will run with, with uh, Martin and Alfie for the rest of the year and then reevaluate in the offseason. So... That's the big news right now in the National Hockey League. Just breaking as we're live on YouTube. DJ Smith fired as Ottawa Senators head coach. And Jacques Martin back behind the bench in Ottawa, who uh, arguably um, led them to uh, some of their greatest heights. Senators and certainly Daniel Alfredson, part of the greatest successes as a player in, uh, in Ottawa Senators history. But let's get back to the Jets, And Before we start talking about this game tonight against the Montreal Canadiens, what a performance on Saturday. I know you were at a party paying attention to the game on the TV. I was there. The Jets got a couple early in the, in the first period and, to be honest, just seemed to be in complete control of that game. I know, you know Colorado got some shots as the game went on, um, but it really didn't seem like there was much of the high-danger uh, variety. Connor Hellebuck continues to be brilliant. Two goals, that's it, night after night after night for Hellebuck. And, you know, if you wondered whether the Jets could repeat their performance of the 4-2 win in Colorado the previous Thursday, they basically did one better and uh, basically led that one wire to wire. And uh, the only thing we were missing was we got to hear Macarena for the two Gabriel Velarde goals. There was a moment where I thought we might hear Gangnam Style. Wait, who's... And that's Connor, that's Connor Hellebuck's. Oh. <laughs> that's Connor Hellebuck's. He, he went... He's, he's gone he, for he, it. He, uh, they he have to, has. The Jets keep uh, winning these games, so the other team has to pull uh, pull their goalie. Or is that... They played for a shutout, uh, shutout too. Uh, either way, Huss. Connor Hellebuck, he's on, a, he's on a bit of a run here. The Jets are on a run. Um, Connor Hellebuck went... Sorry, the Jets uh, seven one and zero in their last eight. They held their opponent for two goals or less, the seventh consecutive game. That is a franchise record. Connor Hellebuck five game win streak for himself and has eleventh consecutive game with a nine hundred plus save percentage. Forget what day it was where you were like, you know, Connor Hellebuck's save percentage right now is eight nine eight. I guarantee you, this is the last day of the season where he is <laughs> below. 900 
he is certainly in one. Vesna, uh, Vesna candidate. And yeah, I mean, it's hard not to look at the scorers on Saturday. Velarde, I mean, that first one, a beautiful pass, Morrissey to Shifley to Velarde and skate to stick and in. Just what a play. And the patience he showed on the second one. And yeah, got everyone uh, up and dancing the Macarena like it's uh, 1993, 94. <laughs> but uh, Velarde uh, scoring at his first one, snapping a 13-game pointless streak. Nice back. I think he took a cue uh, from Velarde's goal against the Kings. And Mestikov finding a soft spot in the slot. And Nino with the one-timer. Uh, I think a lot of conversation about Sheveldayoff, GM of the year, question mark. And uh, also, I think a lot of people are noticing, hard not to notice, when I follow in Velarde, what they've done and what PLD is not doing in LA. Uh, hard not, hard not, especially after uh, the statement game, uh, you know, in LA last week. Really hard not to talk about it for just about, I think, anyone who uh, follows hockey. Oh, God. I mean, I, I told you after that Kings game, I mean, I spent a good portion of the evening just putting in Dubois or PLD into Twitter and just seeing everything that was coming out of the Kings side <laughs> on our old pal PLD. I'll tell you what, when you search Velarde, um, you're seeing a lot of fired up Winnipeg Jet fans right now. And and it was big for Alex Iafallo to get on the scoreboard as well. He had that unassisted goal in the second period. Um, also managed to uh, get an assist. And he had he has been so versatile this year, playing everywhere from the fourth line all the way up to the top line. Um, you could tell in his post game that he was very much relieved to uh, you know get off the Schneid, get back into helping the team win. But you know, much like every other one of these wins, I mean, we're not focusing on one guy that was the difference. Now, obviously, Gabe's been hot this past week coming out of his uh, breakout game against the Kings, his former team. But much like these other wins, um, you can look at all four lines. You can look at all three pairs of defense. You can look at the goaltending. I mean, it's all going right now, and this team is playing um, as well as we've seen consistently for a long, long time. And it is funny that on this eight-game stretch that you just referenced, the one loss was to the San Jose Sharks. And I think we all agreed that that was not a game where the Jets didn't show up or didn't play. I mean, sometimes you run into a hot goalie and things aren't going your way. And, um, you know, they lost that game. But the way they came back against the Kings and then carried that into Saturday night against the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, the thought of the Jets being in first place or challenging first place is no longer a pipe dream. It is a reality right now. And with the avalanche not playing tonight, I don't believe, um, no, the, they, uh, do they play tonight? No, they played, they beat up on San Jose yesterday. So the jets are like one point <clears throat> back of, uh, of first, but they've played two less games than, sorry, two points back of first, two back. but they played the same two scenario. less games. It'll they be the same scenario. If they win this game tonight, they'll be tied with Colorado, but mm -hmm. they'll have a game in hand. So they will be first place. And um, of course, the Dallas Stars are in action tonight as well against the um, against the Seattle Kraken. Um, so Dallas, uh, Dallas is still one point behind the Winnipeg Jets with even games played. So they also have to win tonight to stay ahead of Dallas. But I mean, these three teams at the top of the, of the top of the central division have sort of been jockeying um, for spots and the Jets have had to play at this rate 
um, over the course of uh, you know these last eight games and more to stay right there with them. And, and Nashville's playing well, too. They won four in a row. Now, they played two more games than Dallas, but they're just two points back. And even Arizona and St. Louis getting some wins as well. And hell, the Wild have won three in a row. So it is very important to keep this thing rolling um, as the Jets have so far. But definitely nice to see the home team there. Technically in second right now, <clears throat> excuse me, but can get back into first with uh, with a win tonight. Why don't we, uh, let's wrap Saturday, and then we'll get into uh, more on today and hear from Gabriel Velarde. Um, Rick Bonus spoke after the game on Saturday, and, um, you know, when you see a game like that where so many newcomers score, um, and, you know, it hasn't just been Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele. Velarde a big part of that, but Nino, Ayafalo, and, of course, the empty net from Ehlers, but Vlad Nemetsnikov had a wonderful game as well. Bones just talked about getting scoring from around the lineup with everyone stepping up to uh, help mitigate the loss of Kyle Connor for the next few weeks. Our team play has been really good all year. And when you play as a team like we have been, uh, those things, uh, yeah, you need everyone contributing. And then what we talked about immediately after we lost Kyle was we just need the best version of what, what you bring. We're not going to replace Kyle. We're not trying to replace Kyle. What we need from everyone is a, is a commitment to be the best version of themselves every night, and we've been getting that. Well, they certainly have been, and uh, what an example that was on Saturday night coming off of that big win against the Los Angeles Kings. Well, the guy that had the FU game on the road in the revenge game against L.A. continued to get it done. Two more for Gabriel Velarde, and as Remus just mentioned, four now on the season. In just 12 games, one back of Pierre-Luc Dubois' season output for the Los Angeles Kings. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, here's what Bones had to say about the Macarena man, Gabe Velarde. He's got great hands, and he's got great patience with the puck. And, he's, and he sees the ice really well. Big, strong guy that's hard to play against, but it's his patience and with the puck, and his skill level is really, really underrated. So uh, he makes plays. He's great around the net, but I love his patience with the puck. He, he has that sense of when and when not to make the play. He hangs on to it long enough and then lets the play develop and then takes advantage of it. Uh, and, uh, you, know, the, uh, you know, in addition to just what Bones had to say about what he brings to the table, um, He's really clicking right now with Mark Shifley, who I don't think many would question has been this team's MVP so far this season. Nikolai Ehlers, who was playing at a level that everyone knew was there, um, just wasn't there at the start of the season with the tough start. Um, but it didn't take long for him to really fit in. And uh, you talk about Kyle Connor being gone, but especially that top line has just been absolutely on fire lately. And uh, we're seeing production from Velarde to show for it. Yeah, dynamite, uh, that top line. They come together, uh, they're clicking. And Gabe Vardy, you know, he said today, we'll play it later. But still, you know, figuring it out. He's like, hey, I've only played like, what, 12, 12 games here? And Vardy, four goals in his last four games. That was only the third uh, multi-goal game of his career on Saturday. I mean, he looked like a natural, as uh, Bones mentioned, just that patience in front, uh, not panicking with the puck, and putting it in the back of the net, and... He's a big guy. He can go in the corner. He goes in front of the net. Um, you know, those three guys are really big, good compliments. What you got Ehlers, the skinny guy, Velarde, the big guy, Chafley, the kind of all around medium guy. It's a perfect line uh, for me, Hassan. All have complimentary 
skill sets. And I think that's uh, why it's worked well. And for Nikola Ehlers, we've been waiting for him has to have that opportunity on a top line for a while. And he's producing at an incredible pace. And it's great to see him playing so well after um, that slow start uh, to the season, you know, dealing with the injury and training camp. Like, guy stepped on the ice for 30 seconds. And got hurt after uh, ending the year last year. Hurt from that Ryan Hartman hit. And we can't wait to see uh, Minnesota here. What at the end of the month? Us? Yeah. And the, oh, those back to backs against so, Minnesota. One p.m. starts on uh, the 30th uh, here in Winnipeg, and then one p.m. on New Year's Eve. Wilder playing better right now. They're in Pittsburgh tonight. No Mark Andre Fleury. It's going to be Gus that gets the start for uh, uh, for Minnesota. Um, but as I said, a big week here at home first before we start getting into uh, next week's bit. Um, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, slow starts. Alex Iafallo had a great start as a Winnipeg Jet. Was playing up in the lineup and at one point um, was playing on that top line. Um, but he had a long, long goal-scoring drought that ended on Saturday night. He was relieved afterwards. Here's what Bones had to say about Iafallo, his stretch getting on the board last night and what he's brought to the Winnipeg Jets. Listen, there's been no drop-off in his play at all. Uh, no matter where we, we've played him, he's played the same way now. Sometimes the points come and sometimes they don't. And, you're, and sometimes you look at a player, okay, he's going good, he's not going good. He's, he's been consistent every game, every shift. He plays the one way and that's 100% every shift. So even though, and I talked to him about that, he's, you know, don't worry about the points. Keep playing the way you're playing because he plays the right way. And eventually things will fall fall into place for you. And I know we've moved him around a little bit because of injuries and everything else. But it doesn't matter who he plays with or he knows how to play the game the right way. And he does it every night. So eventually you're going to get rewarded for that. All right. So there is a Rick bonus on uh, Alex Iafalo. Um, and, you know, Mo Khan's going to jump on with us and we'll uh, chat a little Jets, Habs, and uh, maybe a little NFL as well. Um, we've got some Gabriel Velarde, which we'll play before Mike McIntyre joins us. Uh, but here's just one more from Bones coming out of Saturday night's game on uh, praise for the fourth line. They've been they've been doing what we need them to do. They're creating chances off their forecheck. Uh, Axel's using the speed, but you know Gus. When we lost Adam on that last uh, penalty kill, like Gus made won a lot of faceoffs for us, right? So they're all contributing, and we always come back with Lau, Apple, and Morgan after the power plays are over. So they they've all done a really good job, and you need that from your fourth line. They're giving us real quality minutes. Rick, we've talked about the power play a lot. What does it mean to have the second unit get one for you today? Yeah, that was nice to see. It was a really nice play. So, um, yeah, so with the power play's got to get going. Uh, we hated giving up that shorty tonight, but there was a power play against because we just didn't ice the puck. Like, we got to do those things. But the power play gave us some momentum. That was a huge goal for us. All right, so a huge win to finish up the week. And, again, don't forget, if you haven't watched already, um, on our YouTube channel or on the podcast, Connor Ravchak with a uh, another great edition of Jets Weekly, recapping the big wins this week, um, setting up this upcoming week. It's all there for you at the uh, WST YouTube channel as well. All right, we'll hear from Gabriel Vlardy in a bit. Mike McIntyre coming up a little later on in the program. We will do a little roundtable, chop up a little bit of the NFL stuff, but probably hit that with Mo as well coming up in just a second. Hey, folks, the holidays are here. And uh, Canadian Club is on sale right now, and there's a CC for every occasion heading into the holidays, whether it's for gift-giving or gathering. We've got you covered. Uh, right now on sale 
All the Canadian club favorites at MLCC locations, original 100% rye and CC Classic 12-year-old, and there still is quantities of the limited-release CC 15-year-old sherry cask. The Canadian Club Invitation Series CC 15-year-old sherry cask, our signature classic 12-year-old Canadian Club whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso sherry casks, all the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry available right now at Manitoba Liquor Mart's perfect for entertaining, consuming yourself and a great gift idea for the whiskey lover on your list. Um, hey, we all know Manitoba battery is the most convenient way to get your battery in the city with the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. Uh, but with Christmas coming up in a week, Many of you are probably thinking about a few last-minute gift ideas. Well, how about this? Manitoba Battery's got some great ones that will really help that person on your gift list. Uh, how about 25-foot booster cables for 60 bucks? Three sets of 12-foot booster cables for 60 bucks. A 2,000-amp booster pack for $120. And an ice fishing package for all you anglers that just can't wait to get out of the ice that includes a... 10 amp lithium battery and a charger for 120 bucks and of course you can also get a good old gift card for your loved one to get that battery or more when they need it for zero dollars because you've taken care of that um, get your credit card call manitoba battery 204-783-8787 and knock a few gifts off your list in two minutes it's that simple find out more manitobabattery.com uh, as I said, pop, you give him a phone call, 783-8787, or pop down and see him in person at um, 1026 Logan Avenue. Guys, uh, if you haven't already, it might be time to sneak into Modern Man Barber Shops before you get together with family and friends over the holidays. Modern Man has you covered now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. And you'll be looking good coming out of Modern Band after a haircut, beard shaping, a shave, color services, and more. Um, easiest thing to do right now because it is busy heading into the holidays. Get online, make an appointment, and book your look via modernmanbarber.com. And make sure to follow them on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Barbershops. And speaking of next year, if you're thinking about something that might be a gift that keeps on giving for you and your family. Think about whole home renovations with Aquatech. With thousands of renos as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. All right, we got a big game tonight. The Montreal Canadiens. 30 points in 30 games come in to take on the upstart Jets who've been on a real roll lately. And whenever we've got any reason to connect with Montreal, you know who we're going to, our pal Mo Khan, who joins us now. Best of the season to you, Mo. What's going on? How are you? I'm well. Uh, the, the Habs have used the Manitoba boost option to get their team back on a track a little bit here, uh, Andrew, with how they've gone so far with the stroke job coming up for them next couple weeks. Yeah, you know, I think everyone expected that the Habs would still be that team that is a year or two away from really being a contender. Um, and listen, they haven't torn the world apart. They've sort of been win one, lose one throughout the year. I mean, what's the 
What's the feeling around Montreal? Like, are people pleased with where the team has been at? Is it just sort of okay? Um, like, what are the, what's the big story around Montreal so far with this start that has kept them not in a playoff spot, but maybe not as bad as a lot of people expected they might be? I think, Andrew, that the Hat fans are okay with this rebuild, right? It's, it's now going to be almost two years to the date next month that uh, Mark Tansinley took over as head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. But there is a bit of apathy because they know that this is still a long way from where they want to be. Uh, look, uh, Yuri Sokoski has been up and down this season. Josh Anderson has, has found his goal-scoring touch of late. Uh, and this team has had their moments, right? You think about Alex Newhook being out until, who knows, early spring. Uh, Kirby Dock out for the year. Uh, things that they thought would be building blocks for this franchise has not been the case this season. I think fans will now start to accept what it is for this year, that, hey, if we can get ourselves a top-five pick again, uh, maybe get into that Mack and Celebrini conversation as the number one pick, perhaps most likely not in June, then they'll be okay with that. But again, they want to see progress, Andrew. And that's the one thing they've not really seen this year where they've been a, a bit glitched up at times. And now for the move towards this next window of games where they'll be on the road for the rest of the 2023 calendar year, can they come back with some optimism? And I think going towards the trade deadline, the likes of Sean Monaghan, uh, he could be dealt at some point here. Jake Allen could be in the block. There's a lot of questions that have to be answered by Martin Slewy and, and the staff. And for the fans right now, they're okay. But I'll tell you one thing, Andrew. If this is the same script next time we converse in December of 2024, uh, fans will not be happy because they want to see progress and a chance to talk playoff race for themselves next season. You know, I, I will give the Habs this and St. Louis and the guys that are in. Um, you mentioned the new hook injury. And, I mean, they paid a pretty significant price to get him. He had some high expectations and it had been pretty good. Um, but the loss of Kirby Doc for the entire season – for a young team like that, that you know you're going to rely and you want some significant growth from those center positions. I mean, Nick Suzuki's got a lot on his shoulder. Um, that was a devastating blow for this team early on. And as we'll see tonight with the team that will ice up at the uh, at, at Canada Life Center downtown, there's been some other players thrust into roles, maybe ahead of where they were projected in the lineup, particularly with the dock injury. And, uh, you know, the results so far, as I said, pretty good, I think, when you think of what they were thrown, the challenges they had, and obviously the talent or lack thereof in some areas of the roster when the, the team was put together in this in the fall. Yeah, and I think the biggest challenge for them now, when you look at the win on the weekend that they had against the Islanders, where they had the comfortable lead and the Islanders came back and needed a game, that's where they had to close out games. Against the Penguins uh, about 10 days ago, same thing. They couldn't close them out. And I think for Mark Tanks and Looney trying to get these guys to kind of buy into it, which they have, it's just developing that that edge, that 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 menu of experience that they can say, we can close out a game if we're up by one, two, or three, if not four goals. And I think for them moving towards this next window of games here, Andrew, we'll have a better idea because this is a team, again, that's still in transition uh, for where they want to be. The young defensive core, Jaden Struble, is now getting a look or two along the way as he's been trying to get himself more into that top six conversation maybe next fall. Uh, this has potential. And you look at the World Juniors coming up at the end of the month in Sweden. Lane Hudson, Owen Beck, there's a couple other guys sprinkled across the board uh, you know, for other teams at the World Juniors. They are banking on those guys to be a part of this roster next fall at training camp and whether or not they crack through. So I think in, in hindsight for what they've built up with Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon right now, they're okay to take the pain. But again, the question is, how much patience will this fan base have? And Andrew, you know very well, as you see in Winnipeg, uh, before their, their great run of late, uh, look, 
Montreal fans, they're very thin-skinned and very finicky. If they see this team going circles over and over again, uh, there's going to be questions about how this team and how this management's gone forward without really having any pro- progress for what they want to be. Well, speaking of questions, um, I can't imagine what it is like being a number one overall pick in Montreal, and especially one that wasn't necessarily ranked number one by most of the talking heads and people that average fans get their information from. Um, How would you describe Slavskovsky, where he is right now, um, and how he's handling everything that comes with being the number one overall pick in a hockey mad market like Montreal? He's mature for his age. That's what it was when he first got drafted almost two years ago. He's been mature about the whole process. I mean, like last year, got stunted with his injury that ended his season. Uh, and this year has been tough. I mean, he's had gl- uh, bright spots at times where you see the potential. But I liken it to getting a driver's license, right? You know, when you, when you go for your, for your DL, you want to get the license right away, but you have to go through the theory process or, and learn the steps. And quite frankly, uh, the, these fans in Montreal are just anxious to see him develop and evolve because at 6'4 and now at 225, he still has room to grow, physically speaking here, and mentally growth uh, in, his, in his game. And I know we look at him being the first overall pick, and he wasn't the, the surefire first pick that was projected to be back in the 2022 draft. But I think for what they feel, the long-term play for Gordon, for Jeff, uh, for Ken Hughes, I beg your pardon, they feel that not at age 19 or 20, but at age 23 and beyond is where he'll explode as an NHL professional player. And I just think that half fans have to be patient about this right now because he's going to go through some growing pains as, as a young player trying to grow up in the NHL. But if they stick with it and be patient with it, uh, he could be a, a perennial 25 to 30 goal scorer when he hits his prime years. You know, he, um, you know, he, at, at times he's had some real, real interesting looks. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, he's a man. I mean, he is a huge, huge player. Confidence is coming around. Still only got two goals on the season. And there was a lot of talk that maybe some time with the Laval Rocket would be the right course of action for him. That hasn't happened. Um, is that because he sort of turned it around a little bit and is playing better? Or would he just be referred to like is there so much other noise around a player like that that if you do something that might be in his best interest everyone's calling him a bust and uh, he's got to wear that yeah that's the problem though andrew i mean the nhl is one of those long developmental plays right you look at joe thornton when he came in i mean he had six points his rookie year and then he exploded year three year four and beyond and look at the history of what he's done right i must say he's gonna be joe thornton but the thing is that if you send him to Laval, which, by the way, the Rock have not played well this season, they've had their myriad of issues, is that going to help his development? I think you look at his rookie season last year, the reality was he should have gone to the World Juniors, which was not the case. And, and many thought that kind of stunted his development growth to kind of play at an age group that he's comfortable with for him to take that next step. And now at this point, look, they're not waving the white flag on him, Andrew. It's far from that case. I think for Martin St. Louis, he just wants him to get himself into this environment get himself physically adaptable to what he's going to play for the next who knows how many years in his pro career, but let him learn and grow on the fly. And that's going to be the key for him moving forward here because, again, the team, as I said before, has holes with these injuries they've sustained with Doc and Newhook out for the foreseeable future. But if you put him with the first line, who knows, with, with uh, Cole Coffin and Nick Suzuki, maybe he does get that panache, that buccaneering mentality that you want from a player of his size and ilk that can be a dominant force, potentially speaking, for the next decade or so. Well, and he'll get that chance. He's going to continue on online with Suzuki and Caulfield. And, I mean, for young players, those two young men have a lot on their shoulders right now carrying the mail for uh, this club. 
Yeah, and it's only, it's only you know, with Stoklaski, but, you know, Caulfield's not found his scoring touch at all this year. I mean, he's on pace for 20 goals. Uh, it, and, look, Cole Caulfield's a gifted shooter. There's no ifs or buts about that. But he's been almost a one-trick point that you know he's going to be on the left half boards on the power play. You know what he's going to do, but he does it so well. And I think for Caulfield, as he gets older in this game in terms of his experience, he's going to have to figure out different ways of scoring goals. And teams are going, to, are going to zero in on him because they know that he's the only concern that you have to worry about when it comes to goal scoring and, and from the Montreal Canadiens perspective. And you're right, Nick Suzuki has been a warrior for this team, playing two ways, carrying the load, you know, almost an Ironman perhaps before he's done for this team since he came into the league uh, a few years ago. But again, it goes back to that previous point that this team or this fan base has to remain patient to allow these younger guys to develop and grow. And the key for them, Andrew, will be how they are at the trade deadline in February. And more importantly, though, how they draft at the next draft in late June, early July, if they get the right guys in place for them to kind of cultivate for them to grow in three, four years from now. Uh, Mo Khan's with us in Montreal. Get ready for Jets Habs tonight. 6.30 start down at Canada Life Center. Uh, can't help but look at the projected lineup that Remo has up there and notice that there is no Wi-Fi. Um, what's happened to Arbor Jacai this season, and uh, what sort of led to him getting some time in the A? Yeah, it's unfortunate because the injury he suffered uh, kind of uh, stunted his growth. And, again, the, the defensemen that they have right now, as you see from your screen, you know, they have some young guys that they really believe in, right, whether it's Caden Gooley, Jalen Struble. Uh, Kobe Sevich has been a great revelation for them for the last couple of years. Mike Matheson has been the leader of this team here. And I think for Jacai, it's just a matter of him getting more, you know, comfortable – in his situation, I know people had a had a highlight package of him in his first game back in Laval a few weeks ago, where he wasn't physically active. Right, he kind of shot away from any contact and and try and play it safe here. But they know that in this long run of games, that he will factor in at some point because there will be injuries that will come up at whether it's now or the new year or or February, March, April, whatever it is, and he'll be back in there. But I think for now, they want him to kind of get himself back into flow in rhythm that if and when he's ready to be called back up, he'll be ready to play because he does have potential. I'm not saying he's the number one, number two defenseman, but he could be a solid number four or five guy on any other team out there. So I think that's his value as a player. I know they had him play in the, as a quarterback in the power play second unit at times, but I think the reality is that he's one of those edgy guys that's going to be an enforcer for any uh, back line for the Montreal Canadiens, whether he plays now or down the road. Well, and that's the that's the thing. You mentioned the enforcer role. I remember him, you know, um, given it to Ryan Reeves earlier this season. And I mean, that's something that most teams don't have. I mean, a guy that has that ability to uh, get extremely physical with the biggest and toughest dudes in the league. Um, but they do see him as much more than a tough guy. Don't they Mo? They do. And again, he has that ability to, to quarterback a power play and a second unit type of thing here. And he has those tangibles that you want from a player. Remember his backstory he wasn't, you know, the rose petal defenseman where, hey, he's the it guy. Like, he had to earn his way up. The, the backstory of him working at Costco during COVID-19 and to be where he is now, I mean, he, he is a, a superstar in the eyes of Montreal Canadiens fans because he relates to the common person in the city that has to work the 9-to-5 like he did before he hit the Montreal Canadiens uh, roster. And I think now for him going towards these next few weeks, and this is where the history has been for Andrew for this team. They've suffered a lot of injuries during the Christmas holidays in years past. If it plays out the script as it's been in years past, I, I would expect Jacki back in the lineup probably by mid-January earliest because they're going to have an injury or two along the way on this road trip when they come back after the New Year to play their home games. Has uh, Christian Dvorak just never really clicked as a have? He's got, what, two goals in 20 games right now? We'll be centering the third line tonight. 
Yeah, he, unfortunately, the like he he kind of got caught in that whole Gasparri Kakinami. Uh, well, you know when he left for Carolina and he came in from Arizona, and he was one of the last acquisitions by Mark Bergevin before he got fired as a GM of the team. And, you know, Dvorak might have value of the trade deadline, and it goes back to the point that he's not found his role. Uh, he's been banged up at times earlier in his Habs career and has not really found his rhythm. And I think for Marte St. Louis, for what he wants from him, uh, it doesn't fit the profile he's looking for. And, again, the spine of the Montreal Canadiens center position is going to get deeper and better with the young guys coming up the ranks in the next couple of years here. So there is going to be the, the supply and demand that will dictate the Habs and how they will look at Dvorak down the road. And again, you look at Sean Monaghan, Dvorak, Jake Allen, these are guys that could be prime candidates that, that could be dealt to a team in need of a center or forward or goaltender come trade deadline. You know, I'm just looking at the Habs um, cap friendly page and, you know, they've got, two first-rounders next year. they got a first-rounder this year. Um, but I think all Jet fans would love this team to lose as many games as possible because it just dawned upon me that the Jets also own the Habs second-rounder, which was also part of the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, in addition to Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iafallo, <laughs> and Rasmus Kapari, a trade that looks better every single night the Jets get out there. And we see what uh, Velarde's doing right now after Aliafalo had such a great start to the season. Yeah, look, look, the Jets, I know our, our boy, Dennis Bursey, came on with you last week, right? And I, and I watched that Kings-Jets game because of Iafalo and all that. But, like, this Jets team, uh, they they found their rhythm. Remember, like, two months ago, we are talking about if this team's going to be going to Atlanta because of the fact that fans aren't showing up, right? But now it's a different uh, narrative for them. And, look, Andrew, this is a team that can make a run now uh, for the top spot in their division. And if they can get healthy, which they are, and Iafalo plays well as he has – and they get more production from their third and fourth lines as it is right now, this team can make some serious noise in that division and be a competitive team going towards the stretch run of games. And again, for this matchup against the Montreal Canadiens, they should be the favorites and they should win this game here. But the thing is, can they roll all four lines and really lean on the Montreal Canadiens who are pretty much leaned in terms of the depth options that they have with their forwards? Well, they've certainly been doing that, and that's been a big part of the reason why they have won so many games and another big win over Colorado on the weekend to put them into first place. Colorado won yesterday. They can get back into first place if they win tonight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, they've exceeded just about everybody's expectations so far, um, but now it's time to keep it going. Mo, I have to ask you about the goaltending for the Habs. We're going to see Jake Allen, who has not won since he beat the Jets in that shootout game in October. Um, they're carrying three goalies right now. Sam Montembeau, uh, who got the new contract, Caden Primo, the youngster. Like, How important is it for Jake Allen to have a good starter too with the potential of a trade? Um, I can't imagine they're planning on keeping three goalies long-term. No, as a great Bill Parcells once said, right, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a starting quarterback. Right, so the Canadians right now have three goaltenders, but in reality, Montembeau will be the number one guy with the contract acquisition that he got from the Habs. And, and I think now what it is with, with Jake Allen and Caden Primo, unfortunately for Caden Primo, he's not really developed. I mean, he's had his yips as a goaltender when the spotlight's on him in, at the Bell Center. Hasn't played well, and he had some good moments here. Jake Allen's a guy that I think has value to trade off. And I think for him right now, if he can string together some wins and some solid performances where – even if the Habs were to lose, he can they can tell to a team, hey, look, this is a guy that you can bring on and, and be a quality backup or be a, a short-term solution to get you into the, into the playoffs here because Jake Allen has those tangibles. And when they brought him in, they kept him around because they felt that, hey, look, with Carey Price, with what he's going through right now, 
it was the right move at that moment. I think now for him going towards this Christmas holiday run of games that they have coming up, I expect him to play about a handful of games. And I expect him to come up with some big performances because for Ken Hughes, last year he he botched it in terms of Sean Monaghan and others that he could not trade off because the value was low. If the fact that Jake Allen can have a high value by the time we hit the new year, it could really enhance his profile to, for, for, for uh, Ken Hughes to get good value in return for Jake Allen if there is a team that's in desperate need for a goaltending help down the road. Yeah, Monta was just making a mill this year, but his 3.15 AAV extension kicks in next season. And when you've got the youngster Primo, I'm sure the plan would be to try to move that Allen contract. I imagine, though, in some ways that that one more year of term at just south of $4 million probably complicates things a little bit when um, you know potentially finding a team that needs him now that salary might not work for where he might be in the pecking order for next season uh, for other NHL teams. Yeah, and keep this in mind, last spring or last summer that was, or that it will be, they have to take a bunch of goaltenders in the draft who are now going to be playing the World Juniors. So they set themselves up in the belief that, hey, if Primo fails, we have someone in the pipe system that will be the next goaltender that we believe could be the franchise uh, backstopper for the next 10 years, whatever it is. And, and again, Primo can buy them time. Jake Allen can buy them time. But again, they don't want to fall and, and overestimate or underestimate their situation. They, hey, look, you know, if Jake Allen's at a is on a four-game winning streak, you get rid of them because you want to get back value because they they again they got egg on their face last year and they don't want that to happen to them again now or next June if they're trying to offload salaries on guys on their last year of the deal. Well, it'll be an interesting one tonight. Jets are going to look to get back into first place and keep it rolling. Montreal trying to. Hang tight, get above 500, maybe make a run at being more in the mix or at least in it on that wild card. Mo, while well, I've got you here, uh, we've finally gotten over the Grey Cup uh, and the uh, win by the Montreal Alouettes. Um, it was, um, I mean, heck, what a game, what a finish, what a performance by Cody Fajardo. Um, but as a local, I, you know, we saw the Vanier Cup with Montreal winning the following week. We saw the crowds out at the uh, the parade for the for the Grey Cup champs. Uh, I'm just wondering. There's been some thoughts that Montreal was sort of eroding a little bit as a market over the last few years. How impactful has the Alouettes Grey Cup championship been um, with the aftermath of it, and how does that maybe help the team, the organization, and just football in Quebec moving into next season? Right. So. I can give you I can give you a better answer week two when the Owls host Ottawa for the home opener uh, on the Thursday night, <laughs> if, if it's helped or not. This is a it's a blessing in disguise or it's a blessing and, and a curse perhaps for the Habs because uh, for the uh, for the Owls to make your pardon because here's the situation right. Pierre Pelado was not expecting this to be a Great Cup year. No one thought it would be a Great Cup year. We we all thought it'd be Winnipeg to win it, but now can the Owls kind of cultivate this run into more season tickets? And they cultivate this into more business sponsorships that can come on board and buy the luxury suites that they have uh, at the most stadium football field. And if they can do that, then yes, it's going to create that, that optimism. But also a key for them now, Andrew, compared to last season, was that their schedule was not conducive to what they wanted it to be because they had a lot of Saturday night primetime games in the summertime, which went against the Montreal nightlife, which you're not going to win. And now they have more Thursday summer games. They have a couple of Saturday night games, which is okay. But most importantly, though, is that they're they're trying to keep everyone in house. Right? They they, shot, they re-signed Sean Lemon, Tanky's back, Fajardo's locked up. 
Uh, Philpoff's locked up for a couple more years here. And the key now for Dan Machocha is can he get more of the depth guys to sign up here? Because as much as they're going to sign these top-end guys, they won't have enough money to sign the middle to lower tier guys that you need to win a great cup. So it'd be quite fascinating to see how they look at it in the new year, going towards free agents uh, frenzy in mid-February for the CFL. So I think for them right now, the fan base is in love with the team. But the question is, can that translate into more season tickets, which we'll find out. But as I told you before, Andrew, a city like Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Ottawa, Edmonton, BC, not BC, but Hamilton included, those are CFL cities. Montreal is a city with a CFL team. But that can change the narrative if they're able to kind of boost up ticket sales with what they have so far going forward towards the springtime. You know, um, you know, we've known at the CJEP program with the uh, U Sports level, I mean, there is a ton of talent in the province of Quebec. I know the goal for the league is to finally get a damn team in the Maritimes and make it a true 10-team coast-to-coast league. If that doesn't happen and they're still searching for a 10th team, could a CFL team work in Quebec City? No, <laughs> it won't work in Quebec City. Uh, and I know Ambrosi's trying to... Uh, weaponize Quebec City in his pursuit of, of a team in Halifax or Atlantic Canada. But the reality is the taste for the CFL in Quebec City isn't as desirable as it is in Halifax. What they, people in Quebec want is an NHL team, right? And, and now you, you see Pierre Lebrun mention this maybe three, four weeks ago that they could expand to four more, right? With Vegas, Salt Lake, oh, sorry, Salt Lake, Kansas City, Quebec City being included. And if they have to pick one, Andrew, well, guess what? The NHL <laughs> will trump the CFL pretty much nine times out of ten here. But I just think now moving towards this next window of expansion talk for the CFL, I think they're just trying to leverage Quebec City and to say, hey, they want in, which is not true. Jacques Tanguay is one of the biggest Quebec business people in the Quebec region, in particular in the Quebec City area. He came out and he said it's not going to work because we don't have the stadium uh, capacity to host games in terms of the finance required for it. And most importantly, though, in that part of town in Quebec, they love their Laval Rougeur. And they are not going to decipher or not going to you know, divest itself from the Laval Rougeur program to go watch CFL. And that's why I think for Andy Lombrosi, he's trying to paint something out of nothing, which is pretty much nothing of the fact that Quebec City has no interest in a CFL team for now until Halifax comes to their conclusion of them getting the team at some point, whether it's in three, four, or five years from now. Um, Mo, uh, on the way out, um, how do you explain that no-show by the Cowboys in Buffalo yesterday? Well, I think he- here's the thing, right? The Cowboys, though the weather was not a, was un- unpleasant, as we saw with the rain and winds, and I think the bubble was going to burst at some point because, look, their schedule was, was torturous. You got Philly last week, you got Buffalo yesterday, you got Detroit, Miami coming up the next couple of weeks here. And, and this is a, a referendum on, on the Cowboys on whether they can beat a legitimate team, right? And they have beaten the Eagles, who are on the downside right now. The Buffalo Bills are on the uprise. Let's find out against Miami, who has a more dynamic offense that they run. But the, the sad part of this game, if you're a Cowboy fan, is that they couldn't stop the run until four or five yards deep of James Cook carrying that ball against the front seven. And that's a big concern for me if you're a Cowboy fan, is that if you can't stop the run at the line of scrimmage and you're allowed to have that point of contact after four or five yards, that's a problem, Andrew. And you cannot win football games in January, as you know very well, because what you need in January football is your run game, your defense, and health. And right now the Cowboys have their health, somewhat speaking here. Uh, the run game's not too bad, but their defense flopped yesterday, and now they go up against a dynamic Miami offense next Sunday, which could exploit them if they don't know how to stop the run uh, in South Florida next weekend. 
it, it's just incredible. I mean, if you told me that Josh Allen would complete seven passes and throw for 94 yards, I would have thought the score was reversed. But... And he got the game ball, by the way. <laughs> he got the game ball over James Cook, right? Game manager but... ball is what he right, got but, but, yesterday. <laughs> right, but that's the thing with the Buffalo Bills, that they're peaking at the right time. I mean, look, the Niners went through their their lulls where they lost three in a row because they had no Trent Williams or Debo Samuel, and now they have both back. Look at them now. They're more dynamic than before. I think the Bills went through their, through their lull of losing these weird games, and now they're starting to pick it up. And I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs here, but if they do qualify, that's a team you don't want to play. If you're, if you're a seven seed, six seed, playing a two or three, whatever it is. So I think right now for, for the Buffalo Bills and how they've been built up and how they've kind of gone about their business, they've gotten a better pass rush from their front four, and they've gotten better line protection from their front five, uh, protecting Josh Allen than before. And if they can keep that recipe in place in terms of how they've been from the health perspective, they will be a tough out going towards the final three games of their schedule. And look, that Week 18 game against Miami could very well be for the AFC East going towards that final window of games. Well, we'll I've uh, got an interesting uh, Monday nighter tonight with the Eagles and the Seahawks. We'll hit on that a little bit later on, but uh, I'm going to get back, uh, dive into this one tonight. Mo, always great to catch up. Have a wonderful holiday season, my friend, and uh, let's do this again soon. Absolutely. And, and by the way, Sean Lemon is still partying with the Great Cup as we speak in Montreal. Just give me the FYI on that. Yeah, Trying well, to one-up Willie Jefferson in the party life uh, yeah. of the Great Cup. <laughs> hey, you know what? To the winner goes the spoils. <laughs> you, you should start making a plan to get out here for June 6th. Alouettes, Bombers, opening game of the season. Thursday night game. Maybe stay a couple days. You can see Winnipeg outside of the winter time. It'll be a good time. The, the invite will roll out the red carpet for you, Mo. You've done it for me twice here. If my broadcast play-by-play schedule enables me to go, then maybe I'll come out to uh, lovely Winnipeg, Manitoba. And come hang out with you and Remus down in the lovely city of Winnipeg. Let's do it. Thanks again, pal. Always, man. Happy holidays to you and the guys. And Merry Christmas. Right on. Uh, we've got Mike McIntyre coming up in just a couple minutes. And just before that, we're going to give you a couple quotes from Gabriel Velarde. Uh, but, uh, gang, Jets are battling for first place. Three huge games this week at home. If you haven't been out to a game, why not tonight? Why not Wednesday? Why not Friday against the Boston Bruins? Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets. It is original six week at Canada Life Center beginning tonight with the Habs. And uh, would uh, love to see a few more butts in the seats. Pretty good crowd on Saturday night. We'll see how things look tonight. But uh, certainly the team is doing their part on the ice. They've also got some great gift ideas and uh, 12 days of Christmas promo going on as well. So get to the Jets website, winnipegjets.com slash tickets for information on all of that. And uh, let's see, get behind this team that, as I said, could be in first place if they're able to win against the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Um, a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, gang. Uh, I know we just finished Men's Health Month. We're looking ahead to 2024. Um, Vita Health has you covered with great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too, which could make for some great, great gift ideas. Uh, pop down and see them, for, particularly for men. Um, keep your eyes up for Prairie Naturals, fully stocked at Vita Health, Canada's number one line of men's health, health supplements. Vita Health Fresh Marketing, powering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Wallace & Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. 
serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. And while they'll be busy again with uh, fencing already throughout the winter, but especially in the summer, um, right now, taking care of a lot of overhead garage doors. Your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to and from all that summer fun and into the fall, but it's about to work a whole lot harder this winter because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. And hey, with the holidays coming up, gang, 2024 is just around the corner. If you are looking into your closet and realize, yeah, I could really use to up my menswear game, a couple things you need to know. You might want to nudge that special someone and say an F apparel gift card might be a perfect gift for the holiday season and get ready for what should be a big, big boxing week at F apparel with great, great deals that you won't find anywhere else. F Apparel has guys covered with pretty much it all. Custom suits, made to fit, looking great, starting at just 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street downtown. You can make an appointment and find out more on everything going on around the holidays at F Apparel, E-P-H Apparel. Dot com and a special happy holidays to Andrew, Alex, and the great team down there. All right, we're going to bring on Mike. But before we bring on Mike, we've got a couple quick clips from Gabriel Velarde. Um, Remo, let's go with number six. First of all, obviously a huge week for Velarde. Here's Velarde on uh, feeling comfortable with uh, some pretty high-end line mates right now of Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers. I think it's just playing together. Uh, comes when you know you, you spend a lot of time on the ice together, and you kind of learn uh, like each other's habits and uh, their different play styles. Um, obviously, they're two very intelligent, and skilled players, so it makes things very easy for me. Um, and we all kind of have different uh, skill sets, I think you could say, and uh, they kind of complement each other. But uh, as I said, and I'll keep saying, it's we got another game tonight. We got to keep doing. it. We got to keep proving that we can keep producing like this. All right, so there was an actual hockey question for Gabe today. Um, but really what everyone was talking about and asking him about was his goal song that we finally got to hear on home ice, not once but twice on Saturday night. And, yes, that is the Macarena. Here's the Macarena man on uh, his goal song and how he, uh, how he decided on that. Oh, that was from my, uh, my best friend back home. He, uh, he recommended that one. I wasn't sure what to do, and... I think the, the fans kind of liked it, huh? That's what I've heard. So. Didn't see them dancing, but they seem to enjoy the vibe. Yeah, it is a good, it's a good song. So it's a good dance, and I'm glad uh, people are enjoying it. Okay, so you guys didn't have a goal song in L.A.? Uh, no, we didn't do that. So it's kind of cool. I like that we, we do that here. It's kind of gets you into it even more. Are the guys booking fun because of it? No, no one's even talked about it, actually, to be honest. But uh, that's fine. I mean, everyone's got their own little tune that gets them fired up, and uh, I think it's a good one. gets the fans into it. So you say your best friend is uh, in Kingston? Yeah, my best friend in Kingston. He kind of gave me the idea and uh, said, hey, that's a good idea. So I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you won't hear this too often, but uh, play the Macarena tonight. Wouldn't that be nice? And Mike McIntyre, as we bring Mike in, I was saying to Remo Fair beforehand, 
Like if there's any people that are particularly good with like motion photoshops or AI, if I could get a a video of Kevin Shevel Day off up yes. in his GM booth at the corner of the arena doing the Macarena after a Gabriel Velarde goal, that would be perfect. <laughs> and if there was ever a night for Chevy to do that, Mike, I would suggest it would have been Saturday. When Velarde had two, Ayafalo scored, Niederreiter, Nemetsnikov. Um, you want to talk about a win with the GM's fingerprints all over it? That was it on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's still too early to be talking about GM of the year, but I suppose you could you could submit Saturday's game, Huss, um, as Exhibit A in Kevin Shoveldayoff's candidacy because it was quite striking, as you point out, Considered that the first five goal scorers in a statement win in a battle for first place, all five of those guys, there's four really because uh, Velarde had the two goals, but the four players who scored the first five goals, none of them were on the roster in February. All four of them obtained via trade, uh, two around the trade deadline uh, in Nemesnikov and Niederreiter, and of course two this past summer as part of the P.L. Dubois blockbuster. And you're right, Hus, Kevin Chevalayoff, um, he's probably doing an internal happy dance these days as he sees the uh, the yield from the P.L. Dubois trade. Uh, we, of course, just saw P.L. Dubois up close. He's still stuck on his 12 points, now in 27 games. Uh, if you're keeping track at home, and I know a lot of folks out there they certainly are. Gabe Velarde, in the last two games, has amassed 50% of Pierre-Luc Dubois' entire season point total. Um, and, of course, Alex Ayafalo, uh is leading P.L. Dubois in points head-to-head. And that's with a 13-game pointless drought that came to an end the other night. Oh, yeah, and the Jets got Rasmus Kapari. And a yet-to-be-selected second-round draft pick. And they got all of that uh, for less than the 8.5 that Pierre-Luc Dubois is being paid to produce at about a 35-point-per-season clip at this point in time. Well, and, you know, we were talking about the trade, and obviously that's been a big topic this past week with the Jets going back to L.A. But it was just talking with Mo Khan, and we were looking at the Habs cap-friendly and realized, oh, yeah, that's Montreal's pick that the Jets are getting yes. in the second round, courtesy of this. So they can maybe make that pick a little <laughs> bit better with a uh, with a win tonight. Before we get to tonight, though, um, let's talk about the week that Velarde had. And, I mean, honestly, Mike, and we often have fun talking about revenge game narrative. That was an all-time FU game by Velarde in L.A. Yep. last week. Well, it was. And, and you know, we, we've seen... We, of course, haven't seen nearly as much of Gabe Velarde as as we would have liked because of his injury. But I think what we're learning about this player, Huss, is he's got a little bit of FU in him. Oh. Um, because, in fact, we also saw it the other night. Uh, I'm trying to remember the player with call. I think it was Josh Manson that, that Velarde. Was. He was ticked. And Manson had slashed the stick out of his hand. Um they were kind of going at it. And then off the ensuing face-off, it's almost as if Gabe Velarde just said, you know what, you're going to do that to me? Here, uh, here's what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to put a, a puck in your net. 
and that animated celebration where he pounded the glass like that was that was another f you from gabe velarde this one directed at the colorado avalanche and you know what we're seeing Haas, is a player who with his size and you know certainly his skill level but i think he's got it um you know he, he he's got the mojo and it's certainly flowing um uh, you know, fast and furious, emphasis on furious lately. Uh, I'll tell you this, Huss. Um, I was, of course, in on that last road trip. And uh, the interview with Gabe Velarde after the Kings game, this is a player who rarely shows, he doesn't let his guard down. I think if you've seen the clips with Velarde, and we, we're seeing him open up a little bit, like his joke about the Macarena today, that was a bit of a different side of him. Um, I would describe Gabe Velarde at times as being guarded. Um, but in LA last week after that game, I think we saw him let his guard down a bit and we got a sense of what that return meant. We got a sense that, um, you know, and, and he flat out said that they basically gave up on him. They didn't want me here. Uh, and he took that personally. And Gabe Velarde, you know, he's got a pretty unique combination of size and skill and if he's also got a a buffalo sized chip on his shoulder uh that he's using to motivate himself um and i think it goes back to the nature of his injury and what knocked him out of the lineup that's great news for the jets and it's a big potential problem for uh, opponents of the winnipeg jets yeah, I, I mean, there is no doubt about it. I mean, he was pissed off that he had to miss all that time. He was pretty frank and outspoken about the play where he got injured. Um, but for a guy that, you know, I think sort of needed something to go his way, um, yeah. you know, he's taken advantage of this opportunity with Kyle Connor being out. That line has not missed a beat. In fact, you could argue that, and I mean, listen, it was Ehlers particularly kind of getting it going and leading the way, and Shifley was brilliant last Wednesday. But the second and third period, Mike, I mean, that was as good of a 40 minutes by a line in the NHL as you might see all season long in, in the league. And um, they really have not, I, I mean, credit to Connor, or sorry, credit to Shifley and, and Ehlers for the way that they're playing. Um, but certainly Gabriel Velarde's answered the opportunity and the challenge with his best hockey of the year. And, I mean, that line has just been uh, on fuego, if you will, over the last little while. Yeah, and, you know, it would be one thing if they had two dominant games against two doormat teams. That has not been the case at all. They have absolutely dummied the Los Angeles Kings and the Colorado Avalanche, who, you know, for my money, Huss, along with probably Vegas and Dallas, like, that's the cream of the Western Division crop right there. And they they single-handedly took over that second period in L.A. the other day where that line scored three times to turn a 2 nothing deficit. But, I mean, I know you did a poll about the most impressive win, Huss. Um, without a doubt, and to me, that's the most impressive win of the season, that game in L.A. You know, they had just lost Kyle Connor. They had just played the night before and had a ton of shots, but no results in San Jose. But they were still 2-1 and one on the road. They're tired. Um, they fall behind 2-0. Uh, and, you know, I think Jets teams of the past, we probably know how that game would have played out. That would have been it. They they would have, you know, got on the plane and come home 2-2. Two and two. 
And, um, you know, we might have heard some excuses trotted out. Uh, but the way that line took over the second period and single-handedly won that game against an elite opponent and then carried that forward on Saturday against Colorado is uh, is absolutely impressive. And, you know, the great problem to have if you're the Jets where you're already now saying, geez, when Kyle Connor's back, uh, where does Kyle Connor now fit in? Because... <laughs> I joked that I joked that we'd be okay. We're putting a moratorium on the what do we do with Kyle Connor? We get right. back conversations. That's a bit. Um, hey, we got well over five hundred in chat. Great to see everyone fired up. Hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already, and make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Oh, and I see Kim's in there. Hey, yeah, uh, Kim, congratulations on your big hoodie win. I'll uh, I'll hit you up after, and you can uh, pop by sometime this week if it's convenient for you, and uh, and pick it up. Um, Mike, just moving on from the L.A. game, I, I have to ask you about Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, and not that, you know, we spend all our time obsessing about how he's doing many of the things that frustrated Jet fans here in L.A., but I, 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 I'm just thinking, with Montreal in town tonight, can you imagine a world Ooh. in which the Habs were the team that paid Kevin Sheveldayoff's price to get Dubois to go sign the big deal can you imagine what the noise around Pierre-Luc Dubois would be as if he was doing what he's doing or not doing in L.A. in Montreal right now? Well, I've been following Montreal a little bit, and and there's a lot of noise around uh, Sofskowski, their, their first overall pick. This is just a kid who's still getting his feet wet, and, and there is nonstop, seemingly 24-7 debate about what he's doing. So I would imagine that it would be like a hundredfold if that was, you know, P.L. Dubois. And you're right, Huss, uh, again, being on that last road trip, I was uh, up in the press box. And I can tell you, I had quite a few conversations with L.A. King's uh, writers and broadcasters. Um, let's just say they had a lot of questions about Pierre-Luc Dubois <laughs> and what they were seeing. Um, and, um, you know... I told them that we've seen that sort of thing at times before in Winnipeg and could probably find some people in Columbus <clears throat> who could share similar stories. Um, you know, credit to the Kings, I suppose. They are they are playing excellent hockey in spite of Pierre-Luc Dubois contributing next to nothing. He um, and, and the funniest thing about all that is, like, his 12th point of the year was yeah. an assist in that game against the Jets. The one thing that ended up on the stat sheet for Dubois in the whole game, and that was just a, a minuscule touch into the corner for the goal that went in from behind the net. So, Well, his biggest contribution to that game, Huss, was when his stick broke uh, on, <clears throat> on what would be the Mark Shifley. And if you watch the, the ISO cam, I have no idea what Pierre-Luc Dubois was doing out there without his stick. Like he may as well, he may as well have just gone off for the line change at that point, abandon the zone and send a fresh player out with a stick because abandoning the zone for however long it took would have yielded the exact same result because he basically had abandoned doing anything productive. He was just out for a twirl at that point, not getting in any shooting lanes not hitting anybody, just kind of observing oh, Mike, the play. Yeah. If, if, if he had 
if you had had that ISO cam on him and didn't realize that he was in an NHL rink with NHL players around it and you just watch around, it looked like somebody going for a leisurely Sunday afternoon skate at family skating down at uh, at the River Heights Arena. No pucks. You know, just a nice little uh, tour on. It was... Well, anyways, that is uh, it, it, it. It's just making the trade look that much better. But again, um, a, a, a big night for the team, but also a big night for the general manager Kevin Cheveldayoff with uh, all of the acquisitions that had been acquired and signed over the course of the last, well, basically since the trade deadline, um, making big, big impacts. Which brings us to this week and this game tonight, and. You know, while I believe the Jets have won their last two at home against Montreal, even when the Habs haven't been particularly good, yeah, which has been the last few years, the Jets haven't always, um, you know, had their way with Montreal. And listen, I, I don't want to say this is a this is a trap game or something like that because I think the way the Jets are playing, shift in and shift out, they've been playing at a really high level and very consistent and. We haven't seen that let up. Even in the game that they lost to San right. Jose, the one of no. the last eight, they played very well. Um, but I would suggest that it is incredibly important that they come out with that same focus, not worrying about who the opponent is, um, because they've really raised their level against some of the top teams. And Montreal probably not in, well, definitely not in the category or the weight class of an L.A. or a Colorado. For sure. And, and, you know, I think maybe again, going back in previous years, that's something I think you would have worried a little more about than maybe this year's incarnation of the Jets. And it, I think it just goes back to the very sound structure and discipline. This is a team Hus that, you know, now 19 games and counting that they have surrendered three or less. And in many of those 19 games, it's actually been two or less uh, that is a recipe for sustained success at the NHL level when you're giving up, you know, so little. And again, we're not talking about a small sample size anymore. That's 19 games. That's nearly a quarter of an entire season in a row. Uh, and if you're not giving up more than three, you've got a chance to win every one of those games, especially when you have the scoring depth that the Jets have. So, you know, I think, it's not just that they're getting results, it's how they're getting results that should inspire a lot of confidence that, and look, this is probably a, a weird week for players. You know, they know that Christmas is around the corner and I actually asked Rick Bonus this morning, you know, you worry at all about those, those last few games before Christmas, especially at home. There's, I think we can all relate. There's lots going on, you know, busy time of year. Maybe teams would almost prefer to be on the road, less of a distraction. Um, and and Rick Bonus, you know, sheepishly kind of with a smile said, how do you think I'm going to answer that question? And he repeated something that's become the mantra, which is no excuses. Um, you know, so I, I don't think the Jets are worried about that. And I, I wouldn't expect to see that. I, I think they're going to come out and continue to play the kind of hockey that we've seen as of late. And this is a really good opportunity. You know, they're off to a terrific start. Tonight is game 30, you know, between Montreal and Detroit. Those are two teams that on paper are certainly not at the level of the Jets. A chance to um, maybe really cement an outstanding start to the season here. And then another real test, a statement game, if you will, against the Boston Bruins before they head into the Christmas break. Uh, I'm sure the Jets would love to bank, uh, 
between four and six more points here before they head home for the holidays. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, they'll see Jake Allen, who was the winning goaltender. Yeah. In fact, his last win uh, oh. in October when these teams played, they're kind of running with this three goalie rotation right now. Um, so we'll have that. Um, one other thing that came out of uh, of Sunday, um, well, we talk about Velarde, um, a huge goal and I think a huge relief for Alex Iafalo, yeah. who had gone ice cold after a really productive start. Um, and while we're talking about that line, Vladimir Metznikov, probably the least discussed, most important guy on the team that has been, much like Iafalo, bounced it around the lineup and contributed in a number of different ways. Um, but big contributions from those guys. Uh, just two more of the list of new Winnipeg Jets, thanks to uh, Chevy Acquisitions. Well, what a pass on to Nito Niederreiter for the one-timer on the, uh, call that the trade deadline goal, because those are the two guys they added. Um, and yeah, Alex Iafalo, like to me, Huss, I don't know about you, but having watched Alex Iafalo all season, like I didn't think his play had fallen off a cliff. I wasn't thinking, you know, geez, Alex Iafalo, he's been terrible. What's happened to this guy? Um, just there were no goals and no points coming. I mean, he, he wasn't playing great, but I didn't see anything from him that suggested that, you know, he had he had just gone completely off the map, and yet he wasn't getting the results. And so to get the goal and the assist the other night, you know, that was a huge development, not only because it helped the Jets to a big divisional win, um, but again, going back to the Kyle Connor injury, they're going to need more of that. Um, you know, for these next couple months, they need guys who you're not necessarily counting just every game that they're going to score and produce. Uh, but when they can, um, you know, that certainly helps the cause. And yeah, I have has been moved around. Now he's on a line with, with Cole Perfetti and Vlad Nemestikov. Uh, and that line I thought had a really nice game the other day, you know, Cole Perfetti, there's another guy. He's, the points aren't coming maybe at the rate they were uh, a short time ago. You'd like to see him maybe get back on track here as early as tonight. Um, but obviously the top line and what they're doing, you know, they're, they're covering up for um, <clears throat> any droughts that are happening. And I guess the other development has that, again, we continue to talk about with this team. They get the power play goal the other night. Finally, that had stopped, I believe, an 0 for 18 skid. Uh, the fact they went 3-1 and on that road trip despite going 0 for the road trip on the power play, 0 for 13. Like, again, it just speaks to what this team is doing five on five. And it was the second unit, Nemestikov, that gets the power play goal the other night. Um, we know the top guys, they're scoring five on five. Ehlers, Shifley, Velarde. If they can start putting a few pucks in the net on the power play, I mean, again, this dangerous... Deep Jets team becomes even more so. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. Montreal's penalty kill has been a real issue this year. So, you know, you think it would set up that maybe this is one of those get right nights if they can get some power play opportunities. Maybe they pop one or two to really get the confidence going. And if and when they do, then look out. Yeah, back to your point about Perfetti. Um, and listen, Perfetti's going to be a part of success on the power play. Absolutely. Um, like he and Ehlers were 
such a great combo. And yeah. I think like Ehlers is just playing at such a level right now that whoever he's playing with, I think is going to see some big time benefits. Um, but I, I don't know, Mike, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know there was that game about a week ago. Well, maybe it, actually it was the first Colorado game where three of the Jets' four lines had really, really strong games. And Rick sort of mentioned that while well, the other line was sort of chasing it all night and was in their yes. zone and didn't have the puck. Um, I think we're seeing more and more from that line. Um, and Perfetti's going to get his. It just might not be at the pace or the level that it would be when you're playing with a guy like Nikolai Ehlers. And for the time being, as long as Kyle Connor is out, that's probably not a possibility. Yeah, and I mean, Cole Perfetti, uh, again, just if anybody says, well, the coaching staff is souring on him, he's on the top power play unit um, right now. And with Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Shifley, and Gabe Velarde, and Josh Morrissey. Like, that is some elite company. Um, part of the reason that he isn't producing a whole lot of points lately is, again, the power play, especially the top power play unit, is stuck in a prolonged scoring slump so if the power play gets going I expect we'll see some points come um you know he's with Nemestikov and Ayafalo they both had productive nights the other day uh if those guys can keep going I suspect Cole Perfetti you know his next goal which would be number 10 um you know he's still got 19 points he's still having a really nice sophomore season and let's not forget he's technically only in his second full NHL season here um you know, he's having a very nice season and, you know, he's a he's a plus player. He's doing a lot of really good things analytically on a very good hockey team. Um, <clears throat> so there, I don't think there's any reason to worry about Cole Perfetti. But again, with Kyle Connor being out, you'd like to see some of your offensive guys start to pick up the slack. And I suspect we'll see that from Cole Perfetti in short order here. Mike, you mentioned picking up the slack and, um, and it's the slack from pretty much. And there hasn't been very much slack, but I guess what I'm trying to say is Josh Morrissey <laughs> continues to lead the way for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, you look at that game on the weekend, um, you know, they were comfortably ahead for the majority of the game. They didn't have to lean on him as much as they normally do. He didn't even play the most ice time of any player on the jet blue line, which he normally does often by right. a significant amount. Uh, but two more assists. He's just three points off point per game um, production. Um, I'm not sure he's taken it to another level, but I guess the point being that if anyone thought that that was sort of a flash in the pan or a yeah. one career year, and we wouldn't see that again. Um, Morrissey is pretty much assuaded any of those fears right now. Well, what have you thought of Josh and how impactful and important he has been over this run of success over the last number of weeks? Well, the confidence is got to be at an all time high with Josh Morrissey and, it's not just the points he's putting up, it's his reads, Huss. You know, the amount of times he's he's jumping into the play, heck, the amount of times he's leading the rush, which is something Rick Bonus has given him the green light to do. Um, it's one thing to in in you know to tell a player to get up there and do that. It's another to see it um in action. And Josh Morrissey, you know, he's adding to that that fourth wave, if you will, of attack and has made the Jets such a dangerous team on the rush, something they, they've they struggled with at times. But I think Josh Morrissey getting up in the play the way he, he has been, um, it's something other teams are now very much having to key on. 
<clears throat> again, the power play production isn't there right now for him and his line mates, but the the even strength points certainly are. And, you know, he had the 76 in 78 games last year, pretty much trending to be right near his career high of 76 points that he had last year and maybe right around the 60 assist mark again. It, it's quite something. Um, I think us, this is the new norm. This is what Josh Morrissey now is on a Rick Bonus coach team, on a team that's playing the kind of system that the Jets are. And it's it's quite a thing to watch, and uh, you know he's he, to his credit he's he's kind of taken the uh, the the rope that he's been given here by his coach, the confidence and the trust, and he's absolutely run with it. You know, um, <laughs> you know, and we don't spend a lot of time talking plus minus, but I mean that number of plus sixteen really stands out. He and his partner Dylan DeMello, plus seventeen, leading the team right now and doing it in so many different areas of the club. And, you know, it's not just the top pairing either. Um, you know, I, I bring up Neil Pionk again just because of how much criticism he got last year. and Much of it was justified. It wasn't a strong year for Pionk. This last month, Mike, is as good as I've seen him play since he first got to Winnipeg and had that breakout season and earned his contract. And while we're talking about the defense, you can touch on Pionk, but um, pretty clear that Nate Schmidt, is doing everything he can uh, to just keep this thing rolling uh, for the team, but also for him personally staying in the lineup in that sixth hole after giving a couple of younger guys some time. He's um, certainly not doing anything that's going to get him pulled out of the lineup. No, he's not. And I saw another stat now over the weekend. Uh, I think it was Jay Fresh put it on Twitter, if I recall. But it's it's now using 200 even strength minutes as the barometer. Some may recall weeks ago there was a, a stat that showed defense pairs with 100 even strength minutes, and a lot of people were surprised to see Nate Schmidt and Dylan Sandberg number one on the um, the goals allowed at even strength with 100 minutes. Well, guess what? Now that pair has over 200 minutes, and they are on top of that list again. And this is a Nate Schmidt who... He's been, I think, now six times a healthy scratch. That really speaks to just how solid and maybe underappreciated Dylan Sandberg has become. We almost never talk about Dylan Sandberg, uh, mainly because Dylan Sandberg does not do anything flashy. He's not putting up big points. All Dylan Sandberg does is play quality NHL defense. And, you know, that pair with Nate Schmidt, I think now... Um, you know, Rick Bonus. I think he wanted to try and rotate Chisholm and, and Stanley in a little bit more. Nate Schmidt, I think, has kind of settled into that spot now the last couple games. And given the, the nature of the Jets' play, who they just beat, you're not going to mess with that, obviously. Um, but back to your original point about Neil Pionk, I, I agree, Huss. Like, would Rick Bonus like to see Neil Pionk Put up a few more points? Absolutely. And he mentioned that again this morning. <clears throat> but I think with Neil Pionk, it's never been... The concerns about Neil Pionk were never about can he produce more offense. It's more about can he be less chaotic in his own end of the ice. Well, Neil Pionk, as you pointed out, in this last month, like he has become an extremely dependable, reliable defender 
And, you know, him and Brendan Dillon, um, they are a pairing that, that Rick Bonus can absolutely utilize in every situation, a shutdown pair, the physicality I think we've seen. Um, you know, the, the Pionky Tonk man, as you like to call him, Huss, with the get, <clears throat> he's been going for the guitar smashes a little more frequent uh, than we maybe saw at times. And I think that, you know, I think that goes back to Neil Pionk. We know he's battled, you know, various injuries. And, and he, he's a guy, Haas, he'll never come out and say what's plaguing him. But we know that Neil Pionk, over the last couple of years, has has not been 100% for the majority of that time. I think this year, Neil Pionk is fully healthy. And I think he's also motivated. And I go back to, you know, his very good friend, Adam Johnson, and, and the horrific tragedy in England and what that did to Neil Pionk, um, you know, who spoke so candidly about it. And I think Neil Pionk, um, you know, he's playing with a heavy heart. He's also playing as an extremely motivated player. And it's, it's certainly benefiting the Jets. Uh, Macarena is all along the press box if Lardy scores tonight, Mike. I know, I know you back in your day could rock that with the best of them. Big line dancing back at Zach's or uh, maybe at the uh, at the uh, the Oak. They, they used to call me Mike Macarena. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, you can't be Macarena Mike. There's already a Macarena man in town, and that's Velarde, and we'll see whether we hear it again tonight. I will that... say this, Huss, uh, and this is maybe a debate. I don't know how you'd have a poll on this. You'd need a lot of options. Uh, Morgan Barron has the best Jets goal song, for my money, Home for a Rest. Um, I was also Sam Gagne last year, easily number one song. It was Mr. Brightside. I'm a big fan of the Killers. Uh, but... Macarena is definitely, it's top three for me this year, for sure. Um, but home for a rest, number one, no ifs, ands, or buts. And hey, Morgan is playing against Justin, his brother, tonight. And we know, as Rick Bonus told us a couple weeks ago, when Morgan Barron scored, that he was egging him on, saying, you know, your brother's got one more than you. Well, don't look now, but Justin and Morgan are tied. I think this would be a good night for some. <laughs> for some home for a rest the baron family the parents are in town actually uh, they were down at the rink this morning so maybe we get to hear a little home for a rest in the uh, brotherly battle tonight i am i am here for it and uh, i'm here normally i would not be so cool with uh voluntarily listening to the macarena but if it's canada life center after 13 pops one i'm absolutely in it was great to hear it twice on saturday night mike it's going to be a big week We've got uh, the uh, Wings here on Wednesday and then finishing it off with the Bruins. But tonight we focus in on the Montreal Canadiens. Thanks so much for doing this and uh, have a great Christmas, I guess, and the holidays if uh, we don't uh, hook up and talk before uh, before the weekend. You betcha. Enjoy the uh, the original six week here and uh, the homestand and the Macarena. We'll talk soon. Good stuff, buddy. There is Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. All right. Uh, we are going to uh, get Connor in here and chop it up from the weekend, a little roundtable on a Monday. I think we might have a bit more bones from uh, this morning as well. But uh, let me shout out our friends at Princess Auto. Speaking of the holidays here, everyone knows if, if you're a Princess Auto guy, it's probably your favorite store. We hear that over and over again. Uh, and if you have a Princess Auto guy in your 
circle or in your family. You might want to get down to Princess Auto or think about a Princess Auto-related gift for the holidays. You'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around at Princess Auto. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is there. Pop by and see them. Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Uh, the gang at Royals busy right now heading into the holidays. And why wouldn't they be? Sports fans can go in, or at least you can take care of every single sports fan on your list with one stop at Royal Sports. Um, The biggest jet selection you will find anywhere. All the jerseys customized for your favorite players. Tons and tons of Jets merchandise, including many exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. Not to mention Blue Bombers. They got sea bears and moose uh, gear there as well. So those exclusive moose hats. I'm not sure if they have any left, but man, those were cool when they brought them out. Not to mention NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, international soccer, the biggest hockey section in town, and other amazing gift ideas on the King's Skate, Snow, and Surf side, like their amazing Yeti section. Get on down to 750 Pemina Highway this week before Christmas. Take care of it all in one spot at Royal Sports. And give them a follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and great holiday gift ideas. And hey, this is a Monday, and I'm really glad that this game is at 6:30 tonight. Like I'm not usually like an early game guy, but this is gonna give us an opportunity to rip the BP right after the game and check out the second half of Monday night football, a big one with a ton of fantasy football implications if you're still lucky enough to be alive as the Eagles get at it with the Seahawks. No better place to watch Monday Night Football or the Winnipeg Jets than your local Boston pizza. Win great prizes on NFL nights as well and enjoy those ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, and gourmet pizzas as only Boston pizza can provide. And hey, if you are staying at home tonight to watch both games, get the great taste of BP delivered hot and fresh to your door by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. Uh, all right, let's get Reem back in here. And uh, Reem, I know we're going to bring Connor in. Do we have any bones that we want to get to just before we maybe stray away from the hockey for a little bit and uh, get to some NFL? He didn't say too much. Um, he was asked about Montreal here and... Here, this is what he had to say about what the Habs are going to bring uh, on the ice tonight. They're creative and they're fast. And uh, Marty's uh, he's let them go. And he's doing a great job with them, obviously. And uh, they're dangerous on the rush because they're fast and they're creative. So uh, our defensive game is going to be tested tonight. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be entertaining. But that's they're fa- very fast and they're very creative. Well, they, they make you. They make you defend, and they make you. They make you, especially on the rush. You've got to make good reads with your defense and your back checking forwards. And we talk a lot about our D and our forwards being connected. It's not only on the breakouts. It's not only in the forecheckers, but it's it's identifying the rush and re- identifying responsibilities. Because again, they're they're very creative on the rush. All right. So there is Bones, Rick Bonus on uh, tonight's opponents the montreal canadians and um we may as well get uh, both remo and connor up here on our three-way box as we continue the program um interesting to note and again if you saw on our socials today uh we did a quick scene setter from the morning skate 
with uh, Connor Rabchak. And uh, the other Connor is going to be back in the net tonight. Connor Hellebuck will uh, get another start. Five-game win streak, 11th consecutive game with a 900-plus save percentage. Two goals or less in his last 10 starts. And uh, he is uh, he is really, really carrying the mail right now for the Winnipeg Jets. I did think that we might see LB tonight. Um, but I, get, I would be surprised if Hellebuck ran all three games going into the holiday break, which probably means... LB is going to get the start against the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday um, before I would imagine Connor Hellebuck will demand to be in that against the Boston Bruins when uh, when they come in. Now, Rio, you want to bring uh, everybody in and uh, let's get this sucker going? Look who's here, Michael Remus and Connor Abchak. Connor, uh, what's going on? Doing good, doing good. Just got home a few hours ago from Canada Life Centre attending morning skate nice and early, 9.30 a.m., but Glad to be on. Hey, you know what? It's a, uh, I mean, it, it's fun being around uh, the rink right now. And I mean, uh, wins and losses are everything in professional sports. Uh, but, you know, you've been in there throughout the year. And I imagine this morning, especially a day like today, coming off an off day after a huge win at home against the measuring stick in the Central Division, considering what the team has been. Um, you know, often we just talk about the vibe levels, but uh, hard to imagine it being much better for the Winnipeg Jets, despite the loss of Kyle Connor last week. Yeah, we've talked like in the past, there's been practices or morning skates where Rick Bonus is very vocal, yelling a lot. This was the complete opposite. The buzz in the room after practice, everyone's talking, everyone's having a good time on the ice. Everyone's joking around, um, not in a like unprofessional way, obviously, but in a way that they're having fun. The vibes are high. This team has won six of its last seven. Uh, they've got a nice little homestand here going into the holiday break. And uh, you can tell by the way that they're practicing on the ice. Hey, you know what else I wanted to mention um, coming out of Saturday, which, I mean, it was hard not to just focus on the goal scores and everything that happened. What a great job they did with that South Asian Heritage Night. That was um, and, and Remus, we've talked about a bunch of these nights and events, and I know you weren't in the building, so it was probably mm-hmm. tougher to get on television. But from the anthem to the music to the DJs, just to the um, the, uh, the the fonts and things that they used on it, like if you're gonna do it, do it and do it well. And um, man, that was. And I know, like this, and there's some people, and there's some ugly things on social media afterwards. It was, frankly, it was a little disgusting. But I can tell you from being in the building, everyone loved it. We had these dancers outside of our section that, I mean, had a huge crowd around them. It was uh, it, it was really, really well done. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, while we always hear complaints about a lot of things, uh, important to give a hat tip for uh, everyone that was involved in that, as well as the South Asian community that seemed to really be proud to be a part of that event um, right from start to finish. Yeah, we saw this last year, Hess, with South Asian Heritage Night, uh, Filipino Heritage Night, and really got off to a start. Um, who we saw, you know, a bunch, a bunch of individuals dropping the puck, including uh, Vivek Bagria, who's been on uh, our guy our sh- Vivek, been on the show. I think he was on the field at a Bomber game earlier uh, this year as well. I mean, he's legend in many, many sports. But you know, they have the logos, they have the presentation, and you want these games has to feel. Uh, like a different game. You don't want it to be like every other game you go to. So, you know, you have, as you mentioned, I saw videos on social media 
of dancers. And I think it's certainly exciting and it gives it a different feel. And it also welcomes, uh, you know, maybe a lot of different people to the rink who wouldn't go to uh, every single game. So, you know, you see different promotional nights around the league. And as we've talked about, you know, the Jets really didn't have to, they didn't have to sell tickets. Every game was sold out, sold out. And, you know, you bring in these, you know, different theme nights. I think it can attract, uh, you know, a lot more people and bring some interest. So the next one uh, in January has uh, Filipino Heritage Night where they have, what, the jerseys. And I'm sure they'll do uh, a lot of other celebrations as well with uh, concession items. So I think it's exciting. I think it's a great initiative. And I think got a lot of people, uh, got a lot of people involved. And I did see some, a lot mostly positive uh, buzz on social media as well. Yeah, listen, I, there was a lot of people that were impressed, and I think the people that were there, as I said, a lot of the entertainment in the concourse, in and around it was cool. And, and I mean, this is a long play for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, if you look at our city, it's the smallest market in the NHL. It takes everybody um, <laughs> kind of buying in to have this thing working long-term and, you know, identifying to the biggest most growing populations of our communities and engaging with them. Um, you know, like Connor in 10, 15 years, um, you know, this city will continue to look different. If we want to have a team and we want it to be healthy, you want everyone to feel welcome. And if we, if the Winnipeg Jets introduced hockey and what a game for, if you were going to your first game on Saturday, what a game to do it. Um, it makes all the sense in the world from a business standpoint. Um, but also, I mean, it's kind of leaning into the saying hockey is for everyone. I know there's been lots of questions as to whether that's been true at times, uh, but I thought it was a great, great example of why that is an important mantra for the league, for this team. And uh, it went off great. And I'm sure you guys noticed it from upstairs as well. Yeah, they. I, the thing that sticks out to me the most of what you said was if you're going to do it, do it right. And the dancers, the intermission DJs, the in-between whistles, the people are playing the drums. Like, it was fantastic. And you go back to the military appreciation night. They had the um, the band going there. They had intermission music. Um, and they, they had people rappelling from the roof into the game. Like, they they did it right. Um, and it's, it's fantastic to see you, you love to see these new people coming to maybe their first game, like you said. And then if you were coming to your first game, uh, a lot of people know how to do the Macarena dance. So Velarde got two goals and maybe everyone was fired up doing that. How about that? Eh? A double, a double whack of the Macarena that like, that's what oh, yeah. Remus does on the touch tunes jukebox. When he's trolling friends, he'll go on and play the Macarena, like back to back at a Leopold's tavern or something like that. True, I've done and, that. I know you've done that. That's why I bring it up. Um, <laughs> but um, but Connor, man, what a week for Velarde. And I mean, uh, I know he had a prominent placement on Jets this week. By the way, check it out if you haven't seen it. If you if you hadn't seen any of the Jets weekly episodes that Connor's put together, might I suggest that this is the one to do it because um, this team continues to come up with big wins and. Um, some weeks are more fun than others to put that together. I'm sure this was uh, right at the top of the list. Yeah, it's funny. I was putting it together and I, I recap all the games. So I started with the San Jose game and I spent maybe 20 seconds on that game and then I moved on it. to LA. Yeah. <laughs> and then moved on to LA, moved on to Colorado. We on to bigger and better things, but yeah, what a week. Gabriel Velarde, my first star of the week. Um, and he, this is the first time he's even appeared on Winnipeg Jets Weekly because he was hurt for so long. The first week he was there, he didn't put up enough like big numbers, offensive production to be in the top three stars. 
Um, but yeah, wow, what a week from that top line. The top line swept the three stars. Um, Vladislav Nemesikov, my hardest working jet of the week. Um, I saw a lot of people in the comments of the video agreeing or disagreeing with that. Let me know what you think. But yeah, great week, great week to recap and uh, go check it out. It was really fun to put together. Yeah, definitely. When you do it, fire, uh, fire off a comment uh, in the uh, in the description or below. That always uh, some nice feedback for Connor and all of us. And you can give your thoughts on uh, you know his takes, the three stars, what you thought, and uh, certainly going uh, going up from there. Um, Reem, I do want to get to uh, NFL talk in just a minute, um, but Reem, I might actually have to um, go onto a YouTube video and relearn how to do the Macarena. Because I have a feeling that, you know, we're going to need to really kind of lean into this a little bit more if Gabriel Filardi to start going in, uh, going in. But I did have to dr- address one other thing. And I see Mike win in the chat. Uh, Mike and I sit in the same row in Section 316. And just to confirm, it was hands up in the air, wave time, in the last minute of the game. And obviously, I wouldn't ever be involved probably in starting a wave but I figured I did need to support proper wave etiquette at the time and when you're beating the hell out of a division opponent six to two in the final minute of the game that is the textbook time to do the wave and uh, people wanted to get at it I supported that very proper usage and timing of the wave Saturday night yeah, uh, I think that's in your wave handbook, Huss. If you're up on a Saturday night. Victory uh, lap. Vict- victory lap. And I'm trying to find the video really quick. Shout out to listener uh, T. Will, who I think couldn't believe that yeah, you were T. doing Will was shocked. He was shocked. Uh, shocking the world. But, hey, you're up 6-2 Saturday night. Go crazy, everyone. And uh, what an atmosphere it certainly was. T uh, Will's in chat. Great show today, boys. Let's have a celebratory wave. Start us off. This is for Saturday night's win. There we go. <laughs> I can't find. Yeah, I can't find the video. It was from too long ago. But uh, I do do want to address something about the Macarena. Are we are we still talking about the wave? No, you can go with Macarena. Okay, so Macarena came out ninety three. I mean, do people today still know? I mean, we have Connor who was born well after it came out. Like, do you even know? What a phenomenon it was. Like, everyone had Dance Mix 94 <laughs> and put it on and practiced the dance in their bedroom. So you went to your roller skating party. You could uh, go do that. So, Connor, are you, as a younger Jets fan, you know, not not so young, but born after the month, do you know about the phenomenon? Are you aware? No. I I, I need you guys to enlighten me on, the, on the phenomenon here. Lesson featuring the <laughs> Macarena brought to you by Gabriel Velarde. Man, yes, yes. I, I'm gonna have to get some music. I mean, this was like a number one hit, like everywhere where it had the dance. Was there, I mean, I was still kind of young, but we were doing worldwide, the dance worldwide. It was it was truly a phenomenon. Um, and and I think it's it's not even like I, I don't even know where the I thought it was maybe like a South American song or something, like maybe from Brazil or something. I we'd have to we'd have to do the research on that. Yeah, I'm gonna have but to yes. do. Might have it to do a took TikTok. over the entire world, and it didn't matter where you were, that song would go in, and everyone would start. Hmm. And again, I can't remember. It's like arms on the shoulders and out. There's a, a few other things that I'm sure I'm butchering and missing. But uh, we'll uh, we'll yeah. look forward number, to uh, we'll look forward to it tonight. Number one hit song could be one of the best, uh, greatest one hit wonders 
ever. Um, yes, hit number one in the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S. Uh, only went to number eight in Canada. Apparently, it was on Dance Mix 94, which I think, which everyone had because, like, you couldn't make playlists then. Like, those mixed CDs that came out in the 90s, has like, because <laughs> there were a lot of CDs that were coming out that you'd have to pay 20 bucks for and maybe you have two good songs. So you'd be getting big, shiny tunes and, uh, the you know, much dance. You could get, like, you know, 15 to 18 really good songs on a CD because you couldn't just pull up any damn song you wanted at any time on your phone. So it definitely was. It definitely was a CD. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) It definitely was. And hey, speaking of that, I actually hooked up with Tristan Rivers Music on the weekend to kick around some ideas for 2024. And Remember last year how Dubois' goal song was so good when it was ooh, ah, we could change it to Dubois? I think for the Macarena, instead of when people go, hey, Macarena, you can just go, gay, Ballardi. And <laughs> if, we, if we can start working that into, or maybe Gabriel Ballardi, I'm not sure. We can work on the, the, on the, um, the syllables with it, but that will be the Ballardi song. And I'll tell you what, while we're, while we're doing this, Reem, I will I will quickly just squeeze in the cool bet lines for tonight because I have put together a WST parlay today. And I figured that he's hot right now. We've just got to keep on rolling with the Macarena man. So we've got the Jets to win in regulation. Wanted to get the number up a little bit because the Jets are a pretty heavy money line favorite tonight. But Jets to win in regulation... The Macarena to be played, which means a Gabriel Velarde goal and a Josh Morrissey assist. And the guys are always very generous with the nice boost. So a Velarde goal, a Morrissey assist, and the Jets to win in regulation, plus 495. You can get that in the Cool Bet exclusives. Uh, we kept. Uh, we were going to put the Jets on the partner parlay, and then I thought, no, when I, when I suggest the Jets on the parlay, that usually can be potential mush material so we've stayed away from it dusty and i we got the red wings puck line red wings to win by two against anaheim anaheim beat up on jersey last night but had to travel second night of back-to-backs so detroit minus one and a half the dallas stars to win in regulation against the kraken and the panthers money line the panthers to win at any point uh, in any any fashion against the flames that one is at plus 665. And the uh, most of the player props for the Eagles are off the board. So we went with a Saturday, a Seattle special for our, for our, uh, our football one. DK Metcalf, 58-plus receiving yards. Uh, JSN, four more receptions. And Jason Myers, six or more kicking points. That one is plus 525. Patty's got a primetime parlay with the field goals and some sacks as well. That's up there, so you can get everything from the lock shop and the and the uh, exclusives. And then at the bottom, the Winnipeg Sports Talk Parlay, if you want the one specific for the Jets game, uh, game tonight. As we mentioned, we have uh, five games tonight. Jets are minus 248 favorites for the money line against the Habs. Uh, the Wild, no Marc-Andre Fleury, potentially in his last game against the Penguins. It'll be Gustafson. Wild plus 102. Penguins minus 119 after getting thumped by the Leafs on Saturday. The Wings minus 237 favorites over the Ducks. Uh, the Stars are minus 190 on the money line against the Kraken. 
and the Panthers a slight road favorite, minus 119 in Calgary against the Flames after they thumped the Oilers 5-1 on Saturday night. And moving over to the NFL, it sounds like Jalen Hurts is going to go, and he better because my fantasy life depends on it. He, uh, The Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seahawks tonight, um, and the total for that game is 45. You got any lean on that game, Remus, tonight? Uh, Eagles-Seahawks, assuming that Hurts, albeit under the weather, is going to play? Yeah, what about Geno Smith? Is Geno Smith in on this one? They they expect him to potentially go, but I think the smart money, I think right now the expectation is it'll be Drew Locke. Yeah, then I would probably go with the Eagles and the three and a half, right? Drew Locke, us, man, year of the backup QB here in the NFL. This is, this is a while. You and I were talking about the, the crap games yesterday. Sorry, uh, couldn't get it. I know like Houston and Tennessee went to overtime, but I can't get excited about watching uh, Case Keenum play quarterback. Uh, I know he Prime did. Prime time, Drew Locke, Marcus yeah. Mariota, and a battle of the top two teams. So I'll still run with the Eagle. I don't think the Seahawks' D is very strong. And I, I think Hurts is going to, what, illness? He's fine, right? Take a Tylenol. Hey, you know what? He probably has COVID. I mean, they were saying he's got all these symptoms. It's not the flu. Oh. Um, take an so, IV bag. He's we'll fine. See. They'll do but it. Jordan takes. did it. I, well, he hey, did the flu he, game. Huge opportunity for the Eagles, though, with uh, the Cowboys no show in Buffalo yesterday, Connor. I mean, this is a big, big game for Philly. I mean, they lost two in a row. They all of a sudden were in a wild card position. Um, taking advantage of Dallas's loss to Buffalo will be very important for the Eagles, so they can be back at home. We know Dallas is great when they're playing bad teams at home. A real different story when they're going on the road to good teams like happened against your Niners and the Bills yesterday. So I think it's uh, all hands on deck tonight for Philly to find a way to win this game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think he's playing no matter what, no matter how ill he is, I'm sure he's going to push through. And yeah, like you said, they can retake the number one seed in that division. So this is a huge game for them. And Dallas, I mean... I remember three weeks ago on this roundtable, we talked, we were wondering if the Bills were done. And now here they are. They're eight and six. They just beat the Chiefs and manhandled the Eagles, or sorry, the Cowboys, who have now been dominated twice, like you said, against the Niners and the Bills. Um, It's really interesting, the NFC, because Philly got destroyed by the Niners. The Niners destroyed the Cowboys, but then the Cowboys destroyed the Eagles at home. It's just... It's really weird, and yeah, like you said, big game tonight. I don't expect Drew Locke to really keep the Seahawks in it if he does uh, end up being the starter, but yeah, big game for the Eagles. I expect Jalen Hurts to play and be just fine. Locke's actually 12-7 and against the spread as an underdog, just in case you guys were wondering about that. Uh, And it looks like Kubet does have all the props up um, for... The Eagles now, which weren't on when we did the lock shop, and um, Hertz is listed, so we will expect them. Uh, we will expect them to go. Um, Reem, the uh, you know the the Cowboys' loss was one thing. I think people could understand that. If I had told you though that Josh Allen would complete seven passes and only have ninety four passing yards, you probably wouldn't have thought that they were going to win in the fashion that they did. I mean that running game looked like uh, nothing we've seen certainly during the entire Dorsey era. And it speaks to the decision that they made to switch offensive coordinators in mid season. 
Yeah, they switched, you know, after they switched offensive coordinators, you thought, why wasn't this Bills offense so explosive? And they really haven't had a running back uh, for so long. They finally figured out, hey, this James Cook guy, uh, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, 25 carries yesterday, 179 yards, also working in the receiving game. Um, what, two catches, 42 yards touchdown. He's had receiving touchdowns in the last two. Even last week against KCS, five catches, 83 yards. So uh, we talked about the NHL, like the coaching changes, teams bouncing back for the Buffalo Bills who were so disappointing. And you're like, why isn't this offense better? They seem to have made a change getting James Cook involved in Lat Murray, still in the league. And he's he's there too as well, uh, well contributing. And, and I thought the Bills were toast. Well, there's no way they're going to beat the Chiefs, right? Oh, well, they beat the Chiefs. Oh, well, they're playing Dallas, Dallas. They're one of the top teams, and oh, Dallas uh, does what what they do has uh, blow it in a big spot. Just when you think <laughs> Dallas is a Super Bowl contender, they blow it and got skipped. I got Bayless. sucked yeah. in. You I got sucked, sucked in. in. I was see, I was on the Cowboys. I was on. I, I hand up. I was me. I was that see, guy. <laughs> do you see Skip Bayless throw his jersey in the trash on, on again Twitter yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Skip Skip he, is such a performance artist, man. He, lo- he loves his Cowboys. He, he definitely he loves his Cowboys. <laughs> I saw oh, yeah. Stephen, Stephen A. Smith do the, the slow turn into the laugh every oh. time the Cowboys lose. It's just I, gold. You know what? I, <laughs> I need to get that. Okay, here's Skip. Oh, boy. Like, and you know his wife is, like, filming this uh, for him. And he's, like, acting this out, throwing the jersey in the garbage. <laughs> like this is the dumbest <laughs> stuff, and here I am playing. Like, a, oh, you know, geez. skip e. And I love how he shows Parsons, and then shows both sides, <laughs> and then does the dunk in it. I'm here for the Stephen A. Con- uh, content. Every time the Cowboys lose a big game, he rolls in. He's uh, <laughs> he's so funny. Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Who's worse? What sort of a question is that? Bye-bye, Blake. Everyone is worse than Stephen A because Stephen A is the best. Maybe to ever do it. Thank you, Remus, in there. Stephen A, it's the best. It's not close. Skip is a bit of a a bit of a troll. But, you know, credit to Skip. He definitely works hard. He's been doing it for a long time. And for a guy his age, incredible shape. So you have to give Skip that, if <laughs> nothing else. Um, Connor, you got to be feeling pretty good about the Niners, though. I mean, it seems like that three-game losing streak was about a year ago right now. And I mean, honestly, and I say this as someone that is a fan of another team that is and should be a Super Bowl contender, it's the Niners and then everybody else. And that includes the AFC, if you ask me. Yeah, they've been fantastic. And I I brought it up last week and I'll bring it up again. Their next game on the schedule is Monday night, Ravens, Niners. It's going to be the two top teams in each conference, 11 and three versus 11 and three. And it's going to be fantastic. I watched the Ravens-Jags game last night. Wasn't overly impressed with the Ravens, especially given the Jags were, I thought they kind of beat themselves in that one rather than the Ravens beating them. Um, And here I am talking a big game. And if the Niners go out and lose, then I'll look pretty dumb. But I I like the Niners' odds. I think they opened as a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know if that line has moved. Um, But I like their odds on, on Christmas night. Let's see right now. I don't see a line yet for it at Coolbet. Um, oh, okay. They do have some others. And oh, and by the way, I mean, that game, that is, that's Christmas night. 
715. So negotiations are beginning to move up Christmas dinner, I think, in a lot of households to oh, make yeah. sure everything's sort of done. You can be uh, working off that turkey, but avoiding a food coma for at least three hours before what should be certainly the game of the week. I mean, it's going to be a great, there's what, three games on Christmas Eve, Cardinals, Bears, uh, or actually, you know, Christmas Eve is the um, is kind of like the full slate of games, but then we've got three games on Christmas Day. Um, I'm just going to confirm that so I don't give out any wrong information. Yeah, Raiders Chiefs at noon, Giants Eagles at three thirty, and then the main event Ravens and 49ers. Monday Night Football Christmas style eleven and three versus eleven and three. Should be a great one. Speaking of the Chiefs for a minute, Chiefs got the win. They covered two. I mean, workmanlike performance. But my God, Kadarius Tony did it again. Like a, a week does not go by where I do not come on this program and have to either answer for Kadarius Tony or just lament. Um, but this was shades of the Detroit game in week one. Perfectly thrown pass. He bobbles it, flips it up, pick goes the other way on Mahomes. And Remus, I mean, I, I don't know how much longer Mahomes can handle uh, it. And I don't know how much longer Andy Reid can handle it. Like, they've been waiting for this guy to sort of turn it around. And we all remember he had that huge punt return in the Super Bowl last year. I'm not sure I've ever seen a more talented but more unreliable receiver in the National Football League. And I, I think the time has come just to sit his ass on the bench you know, you might have a trick play where you hand it off to him or something like that. But even still, I don't know if I trust the guy. Okay, here's this picture on Twitter. Shout out to Ian Hart. It's of uh, PFF putting this one out there. So this is a picture of Kadarius Tony with two hands on the ball. The caption is, this was intercepted. <laughs> LMAO. Like, I don't know how. And yeah, I mean, Mahomes... Like, he's not putting up the fantasy numbers this year, Hus, but it's not because he's not trying. I mean, he's hitting these guys in the hands, and they're not catching it. It seems like they finally realized that rookie Rasheed Rice, uh, this guy's like, he's getting more share of the snaps every single week. Uh, if you picked him up in fantasy midseason uh, like I did, you're probably uh, doing all right, and they even used him uh, running it in. And who? They were out uh, Isaiah Pacheco, and it was Jarek McKinnon. Season two, uh, not just you know rush or receiving, but throwing. I guess that counted as a that shovel pass does count. Yeah, that as, as a pass. Well, Clyde Edwards Hilaire for all five seven or five eight of him climbed the ladder for a heck of a catch. Yeah. This is Patrick Allen who does. I think he works with um, Arrowhead uh, Arrowhead Addict. Put out his rankings of Chiefs wide receivers yesterday. Number oh. one, Travis Kelsey. Number two, Rashi Rice. Number three, opposing defenses. Number four, Jarek McKinnon. Five, Justin Watson. Six, Edwards Hilaire. Seven, Noah Gray. Eight, Willie Gay Jr. He's a linebacker. Number nine, current day Dwayne Bow, who is 40 something. <laughs> Number 10, What's he up to? <laughs> Kadarius Tony. 11, MVS. 12, current day Hank Stram. And 13, Sky Moore. MVS Sky Moore. It just has not worked. And uh, it will be a Herculean accomplishment if Mahomes can actually get this team to the Super Bowl. 
with the receiving that they have had so uh, had so far. Um, just before we uh, kind of wrap the NFL, Remo, I'm sure you've got some Viking fans in your circle. That was a devastating way to lose a game. And KOC, I think, took some heat afterwards. Like a tush push with a 160-pound guy doing the pushing is not quite what the Eagles do every week. Um, they had it. All they needed was a field goal, third and half a yard. They get stuffed twice, and the Bengals come off the mat for a huge win to get things going on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yet another battle of the backups. Yeah, I love Saturday football. Nick Mullins against, uh, what's his name, Browning? Oy, oy, oy. But if you can't get, I always say, if you can't get one yard or half a yard, you don't deserve to win the game. And for two tries at it, um, it's just so uh, disappointing for the Vikings. I mean, they, what, they get Justin Jefferson back. Uh, nice performance by uh, Addison, oh, Addison there as well. Huge for fantasy, but, yes. I mean, I think it just shows you as the tush push is a legit football play. It, anyone who I think wanted to ban it, uh, I think that's a joke. And uh, it's all skill. And not everyone, people just try to copy the Eagles, uh, but they can't. You know what's funny, though? I mean, in the vein of the tush push, and we saw this a couple times yesterday in the Buffalo game, more and more we're seeing running backs sort of get held up, and then it just turned into a massive rugby scrum where they're pushing it. Like James Cook had a couple where he got an extra seven, eight yards because the Bills just seemed to want it way more pushing forward than the Cowboys' deconner. Yeah, and the tush push, like the Bills did that a few times yesterday as well. And with the Eagles, you know, everyone's seen it. They have probably like three guys behind Jalen Hurts all pushing him into the end zone. When it was Josh Allen, who's 6'5 and 260 pounds, there's just one guy back there like kind of pushing him because it's like it's josh allen he's gonna fall forward he's he's 6'6 250 pounds or whatever whatever the exact uh details are on his size but he's he's huge quarterback the tush push with a guy like him i don't know how you stop it um roger goodell said something about banning it a few weeks ago i I didn't get that exact quote and what he really meant by that um but i'd be shocked if they do end up banning it like starting next season um, and I think Jalen Hurts' fantasy owners might be a little less pleased if they do well, because a lot of his fantasy production comes from... It'll be BS touchdowns. if they do it because all the Eagles need to do is show everybody else in the league that can't do it properly and say, why should we be penalized because we're just better at this than everybody else? And it all yeah. starts with Jason Kelsey. It was so clear. I mean, the Vikes center was in Mullen's gut before he even pulled the ball up on that second one. It really wasn't even close. Um, but that was a uh, that was a really, really tough one. And yes, Debbie, Matt Patricia is making the defensive calls tonight for the Eagles. Uh, we'll see uh, <laughs> we will see that um, tonight. A lot I'm sure there's lots of big Matt Patricia fans who are happy to see him basically being uh, basically be on. Um Couple things. I'll tell you what, just quickly before we get back to the guys, I got to give a shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Do not forget, gang, um, tonight, if you're at the game, the rest of this week, we've got some great new beer choices, 1919, and my personal favorite, the new generic lager. You can pick it up outside Section 310 in Craft Beer Corner or the downstairs Craft Beer Corner near where the old Moxie's was outside Section 126. Um, but stock up on Little Brown Jug for the holiday season. If your local beer store or downtown, eight packs of generic are just $19.99 right now. And those are the big cans. 
Singles are also $2.99. And if you want to get a few different little brown jug offerings, pop down to the tap room. Great deal right now. Mix and match 12 little brown jug king cans, and you'll get a free $15 gift card for yourself to sample some of the great pints down at Little Brown Jug at William Avenue. Great merch as well available there, as well as on their website with local delivery at littlebrownjug.ca. A big thanks to our pal Nick and Nikki and Nick and Nikki DQ for their support. Why don't you uh, add a DQ ice cream cake to Christmas dinner this year? Something everyone likes and everyone can agree on. I'll even do it up for you. Um, customized if you need it. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba and they'll do it up as you need and uh, you can pick it up at either DQ Northgate or DQ Polo Park or pop by there, support great sponsors of ours and get a delicious holiday-themed DQ ice cream cake just in time for Christmas. Don't forget if you're out in Niverville as well, they've also got the uh, new Pita Pit out there with great catering options. Hit them up at Pita Pit Niverville on Twitter or X. If you do want a uh, a little pita pit catering going forward, and um, hey, shout out to Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries and Sport Manitoba. Great to have them on board. We'll have another edition of It Takes a Community to Play on Thursday's show. Uh, but don't forget, safe sport tips are there available for you right now at SportManitoba.ca/safesport. Printable guys for skate, safe sport, do's and do's for coach, uh, coaches and athletes. Covers scenarios such as texting, carpooling, team gatherings, and more. Everyone deserves a safe and positive sport experience. You can find more about that safe sport programs as well as safe sport in the community at sportmanitoba.ca. Uh, all right, Connor, how are you feeling about this game tonight? Jets can keep it rolling. Montreal is a tricky team, though. They have... They've surprised me more than once when I've been on the other side on the cool bet lines this year, and they have played the Jets tough over the past three seasons. Yeah, I mean, the Jets lost to them earlier this season, that game in Montreal, um, where they lost, I believe it went all the way to a shootout, shootout and they ended yeah. up losing that one. Yeah, LB was um, in on that night. Yeah, um, but young teams are kind of always weird. They can have these games where they look practically unbeatable, and then they'll have games where they completely kind of lay an egg and uh, the the team that should win, theoretically speaking, looking at the standings and looking at the the Vegas odds and things like that, um, end up winning the game. But call or um, sorry, Montreal is one of those teams that is a young team. They got Suzuki, uh, Cole Caulfield, I believe, is in the middle of a pretty big goal drought. Um, so again, who better than the Winnipeg Jets to break that streak against? Um, but yeah, they're, they're a young, exciting team to watch. And they're the type of team that, can just win any given night uh, if their young guys are clicking. Remo, what about you? How are you feeling about yeah. this evening? I'm feeling too good about the Jets. It's making me uh, nervous. Um, you know, I play a lot of uh, daily fantasy, uh, and I haven't. I've barely played the Jets this year. The past couple of years, I would get too high on them and play, and then and then lose. So this year, I've just haven't thought there was value there. But tonight, I am very in, very all in on the top line. Uh, they've been rolling, Josh Morrissey rolling. Their team total tonight is 3.7, which is the second highest on the night to Detroit against Anaheim. And I'm still riding hard on the Jets. It's probably going to bite me. So I still like them. I'm still feeling good, but it makes me uneasy because I haven't really been on them like that this year. But they're playing well, and 
I mean, they had they're giving up less than two or less a game. I mean, what's not to like against Montreal? Like, this is a game they should dominate, but it's sports always doesn't doesn't always work like that. No, the Jets right now are John Cena. It's like the U.S. O, it's the Open Challenge. Kings, bring it on. Avalanche, bring it on. Habs, you want a shot at the belt? Come on down. So uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep this thing rolling tonight. Six thirty start is game time for the Jets and Montreal Canadiens. And who was it? Was it SK that just threw that in there? I despise the Habs, but more so their fans. Um, that is the one thing that comes with Montreal coming in. And I always say circle two games, must win, Leaf game, Hab game, because we know we'll be hearing it from the other fans. So uh, let's hope the Jets can just keep this thing rolling um, and keep it going. And I'm uh, I'm with you, Remo. I, and I think let's make sure that Gabriel Velarde is part of that first line explosion tonight for your lineup. For our partner parley, Gabe Velarde to score, Morrissey assist, Jets to win in regulation, plus 495. Coming up at the um, at Cool Bet in the exclusives. Um, Connor, great to have you back on the show again today. And folks, if you haven't, do us a favor. When you're finished Winnipeg Sports Talk, go check out and give a view to Jets Weekly. Throw a comment in. Tell us, you can tell Connor whether you agree or not with his takes and his top three stars. And um, maybe we'll get back at it tomorrow. And uh, maybe we'll put out a call and see if Patty Newfield wants to jump on the show, talk about coming back to run it back with the Blue Bombers. Yeah, that was the other news of the day. We didn't really mention as the CFL signings trickle in. I know a lot of people still, I mean, you brought up the Grey Cup with Mo and Chad in Montreal. People still like, oh, I can't. I don't <laughs> Please know if I can no. do Please I don't, no. I don't think I can do this. We can't run from it. Yeah, they look, it was disappointing, but they're coming back. So we had Willie Jefferson and now Patty Newfeld. Shout out to Patty uh, tweeting out, I'm back, baby. The uh, Frank Costanza <laughs> gif here on his uh, Twitter slash X account. So he's back. I'm curious what else the Bombers are going to do. CFL offseason, uh, you know, it's still going on. So we're keeping an eye on that. I'll, I'll see if he wants to join us. Open invitation. Yeah, definitely. All Patty's one of our favorites. Would love to talk to him. Uh, we'll recap the entire week in the NFL. Um, well, post Monday night football, take a look at the playoff races tonight, heading into Christmas weekend. And of course, much more on the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow after this game tonight with the Habs and the Winnipeg Jets. Don't forget, 6.30 start, post game, IC, illegal curve, then Kenny and Rennie, check all that out. Um, but definitely check out Jets Weekly with Connor Rabchak, which is live right now on the WST YouTube channels. Well, folks, enjoy this one tonight. Um, looking forward to breaking it all down tomorrow, hopefully talking about a continued winning ways for the Winnipeg Jets. And if they do win this game tonight, we will begin the show talking about the first place Winnipeg Jets because they can get into first with a win tonight as they'll have the tiebreaker over the Avalanches. They'll have a better winning percentage, having played one less game. Um, thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Thanks to Mo Khan and Mike McIntyre, and of course, Connor Rabchak. Thanks to Remo for uh, doing a boss job behind the scenes, getting us on the air as always. And uh, all of you for making us a part of your day. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Thumbs up on the way out, please. And... Uh, Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and where they can hopefully join us tomorrow 
Talk about another big Jets win. Fingers crossed. Enjoy the game tonight, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow at 1 right here on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.